Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on uh, Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azel, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 152. Tonight, we welcome back Nick Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars as our very special guest. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuador in Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautiful Bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo 30th Anniversary, Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Inenso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corolla leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, the cigars are Cuba, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor in the 1990s. Even Amistar Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corolla from the original seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corolla back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corolla. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and Husso brought their very own brand to market, and each contained the authentic Corolla leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco say makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Chapman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened cigars that made you one by Drew Estate is an intense journey. Into the uncharted, deepest, the darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distillings, Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's John Tendu. The all Maduro Black and Scots everyone by Drew Estate's rich and powerful, beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. Perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember the live streaming for the primetime shows, as well as the California studios for the Thursday show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode, excuse me, Primetime Special Edition 152. Uh, today is Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. This is Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios, the palatial Perdomo Cigar Studios on the black stage. And I'm joined cross-country by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Bear Duplissy out of Azel, Texas. Coop, how you doing, sir? It's so glad to be here. I'm... Uh... I'm so excited. Merry Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas. This, this will be the final show you and I do uh, for 2023. Obviously, that's the rumor, yeah. That's yeah, the rumor, that's but the rumor. we will. Yeah, yeah but it is because I, I know we don't have a show next Tuesday. So, 
Uh, and then we will go into 2024 with a bang with a bunch of stuff happening. So um, I'm real excited. Um, as as let me know, some I, bang, let me some buck. It's all good. Rock and roll. <laughs> tell me about. It, tell me. About I I actually just want to get to the 31st. Actually, I just want to get to the 31st for a bunch of reasons. Um, not yeah. related to cigars. So I'm I'm actually very excited about January and February, but. I just want to get to the thirty first. It's going to be the next few days. I just uh, are you going to pop some champagne, Coop? Are you going to be? Are you going to get your little drinky drink on, like some bubbles, little fizz, a little that? You going to do it? Um, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, you know, I'm not. Maybe I will. You know, maybe I will. You know, it's a good celebrate. reason to have, celebrate. Yeah, celebrate. Yeah, celebrate. Little little toasts. Yeah, we're home. You know what goes. We're home you know what's really good? You know what? You know what other kind of champagne you could pop open on December thirty first? There's only one. Throw my champagne. Fucking steal my thunder, why don't you? Jeez, man, that was my line. Well, well I mean, thank well, you very I'd much. Actually, I'd actually rather have the Perdomo. I love the Perdomo tenth anniversary champagne. I'd rather have that than the natural the spirit. You know, so I, I know. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know. nothing hit. Nothing hits like a Perdomo champagne tenth anniversary champagne. Oh no, it's it's it's, it's 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 brings in what a great way to kick off. Um, but Brer, speaking of Perdomo, yes, uh, it's a Perdomo night. Speaking, um, and we have uh, we're really honored to have him back. He's a great friend of the show, a uh, great supporter of what we've done, and uh, no more so than tonight, obviously. Uh, he is Nick Perdomo, President and CEO of Perdomo Cigars. Nick, welcome back to primetime, my friend. Oh, wait, I think I, I think I actually muted him. Hang on, yeah. That, that, I remember my first beer. There you go. That was my fault, not his, because I hit the mute button. No problem. I how know. How you guys that's, doing? That's, you gotta, Nick, how you doing? Nick. Thanks for joining us. Good. The official cigar of New Year's Eve going into New Year's is definitely Perdomo Reserve 10th anniversary champagne. So, uh, Absolutely. There's no, there's no debate on it. <laughs> you close it out. There's only one. There's only one. There's only one. It's, it's really, uh, it is. It's true. Um, you know, I, I like champagne, but I like, much, much prefer your. Sh- I mean, I just much prefer champagne cigar. So, um, but what a great cigar! Uh, and I have, I have celebrated New Year's with it many times. So, well, so good to yeah, be here, guys. guys. Really Nick, good to be here, Nick. Thank you so much. We know Nicholas is under the weather. Um, and look, we've had like Bear. The pinch hitters always come through here. So yeah. Nick Perdomo joins that like list of pinch hitters, obviously that we've had. So thank you very much, obviously. Yeah, when well, when we get pinch hitters, we get pinch hit by industry icons. So yeah, we we do. It. So thank you, Nick, very much. Well, very well much thank you. I'm I'm glad to be the pinch hitter for my son. He's uh, I got a lot to lot to hold up to. He's he's done an incredible job for Perdomo Cigars in the last eight years. And uh, guys, we've had a record uh, 2023 in spite of Joe Biden. So we're uh, we're really happy that uh, that things have gone good for us. And want to thank all the guys out there in the audience for listening. Yeah, Nick. Um. Obviously, we would love to have you here, but I got to tell you, you, really, you've done a great job with Nicholas and that 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 uh, kid, and he's still a kid to me, born leader. I mean, a born leader. You see it's in him. Um, you mm-hmm. see the next generation, what's going to bring, and you've got to be very, very happy about that, you and Janine. Yeah, we're beyond proud. He's done a phenomenal job for the company in the last eight years, and it's not easy being Nick Perdomo's son. I know that for a fact, and I was very hard on him, but uh, he did a great job. We were just at a Q&A up in, in New Hampshire, two guys smoke shop with David Garofalo, our friend. And David asked him a question during the Q&A, and he said, are you, are you, you know, is, how tough is it to be in 
uh, Nick Perdomo's son. He said, it's super easy. I'd listen. I tenderly listened when I was a kid. And uh, I have my opinions. And my dad listens to me because he respects me. And uh, and I thought he was he was spot on. And it, it, was, it was a great Q&A up there at the two guys smoke shop. No, I bet. That's I awesome. bet. I bet that's that's definitely awesome. Um, and like I said, it's, it's it's really beautiful to see, um, him kind of really come into his own here. And uh, that's a great great feeling as a parent. And obviously, like I said, uh, it's he's in good hands. The, the company is in good hands, is what I'll just say. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Look, Janine. Janine was uh, was very strict on him as I was to, to both him and Natalie and. We thought the best way, you know, the Bible said, spare the rod, spoil the child. We were tough on them. And when he came on board, he always wanted to be in the scar industry. And um, I said, you're not getting an office when you graduate from the University of Miami. You're going to have to walk the walk. And uh, he did. And he loves he loves the industry. And um, I'm excited about it. Listen, there's been a lot of, you know, guys have been wanting to purchase Perdomo and so on. And I've always had an extra strategy. It's my son. And uh, we celebrate believe it or not, 31 years in the industry. And uh, we're excited about our future. We're excited about Nicholas for sure. And uh, I know he's listening. Um, he said, hey, tell tell Coop and Bear that I, I apologize. He could hardly swallow today. Oh, Tried gosh. to come into work <clears throat> this morning. We had a Christmas party. And I said, look, you don't look good. We need to get you back home. We need to get you well. And um, reluctantly, he went home. You know, he's not one of these guys that, it goes home for a hangnail. He's a tough right. kid. And, yeah. Uh, and, and Burley, I, I always say tough kid. He's 31 years old. He's been married for five years. He's got a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter and my granddaughter, Lucy. And um, I'm, uh, Janine and I are extremely proud of him, guys. No, you should be. It re you really, really should be. Um, it's a, uh, like I said, we hope he gets better. And he, Nicholas, if you listen, you, don't worry. You got a spot. We'll, we'll, once you heal up in a few days, we'll, we'll talk and, uh, you'll, you'll, we'll, we're glad to have you back. So yeah, he's got to, he's got to get well for Christmas. You know, yeah, we want him well. We don't, yeah, yeah. yeah, but rest assured, he's, uh, he's definitely, uh, we want him back. So, uh, um, it'll be, uh, it'll be good, but we, we do appreciate you pinch hitting. So Nick, what we want to do is we have to decide, um, what, what bear is going to smoke. And then I'm going to have you also decide which one I'm going to smoke tonight. Cause we're going to make you pick among your other children tonight. So Nick, uh, bear, what should what should Nick pick for you to smoke tonight? Well, I've got an interesting selection. Now it's it's not it's not as varied as I've um, that I'm used to, but I, I have I have four fine cigars for you to pick, Nick. It would honor me for you to pick for what I'm going to smoke tonight. So I have, but my fourth cigar is a little bit of a wild card, meaning we could have a potential experiment tonight. But it's up to you. I'll smoke whatever you ask me to. So for kids starters, I have the 30th anniversary Perdomo 30th anniversary, Connecticut. Yes, I have the 30th anniversary Sun Grown. Beautiful, of course, both of them. Complete the collection here. I have the 30th anniversary Maduro. Bear, and would then, you honor me with joining me with the Perdomo 30th anniversary Maduro that I'm smoking? I know you got other stuff, but why don't we light up the 30th Maduro since I'm smoking the same thing? Okay. Excellent. So, so it Nick, an, I, it'd I, be an honor, sir. Thank you yeah. so much. So, Nick, I think it's going to be maybe the same as well, but I'll just get anyway, just for formality, I was mentioning these are my two rotation smokes, the, the Sun Grown 10th Anniversary and the Perdomo 30th Anniversary Maduro, both in the Epicure size. I love them both, but let's do the 30th Maduro, so me, you, and Bear are smoking the same cigars because that's what I'm smoking right yep. now. Yep, yep. No, this is a great cigar. Um, Bear, you could, you know, 
Barry, Barry knows I've been just in love with this cigar lately. So we just yeah. came up in a text thread about an hour ago, right? Yeah. We Someone was asking, what's your one? I said, yeah, well, they're all good. But I Which always... 30th? Which 30th? Yeah, so, they're all like, good. Well, Coop's but... going to say, I I didn't even answer the question, Nick. I said, well, Coop's going to say the Maduro. So <laughs> he said, let's go. Well, we got a big audience tonight. Why don't we get everybody smoking the 30th tonight yeah. if you haven't? We'd love there to hear go. what people are smoking tonight on the show. Yeah, and beautiful. Uh, this box, Nick, is just amazing. It's just hey, uh, it's, we're gonna get into the whole story of this, I know, uh, but it's a, it's a great. You guys knocked it out of the park. It was well yeah, worth. We waited for this for a long time, and well worth it. Well, thank you, Coop. It's been an incredible uh, launch, to say the least. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in all my years in the cigar industry. And I want to thank all the the, the retailers that are carrying the Perdomo Thirtieth, and our, all our consumers out there. We got the Perdomo Army listening to Coop today, and a lot of people listening in today. Nick, you actually stole my thunder, and because this has been something as we get to the year end and and the big stories of the year, I don't remember a release as big as this. Certainly not, and I'm not just talking about Perdomo. I'm talking this is a monster release that's just had. Uh, it's just I haven't seen anything like this in in the thirteen or fourteen years of a release like this, where it's just hit the ground like um, you wouldn't believe. So. You shouldn't be surprised, obviously, but yet that's a great feeling, Nick. Great feeling, and to be quite honest with you, I'm kind of, I'm quite surprised. You know, you know sometimes uh, less is more. The retailers that are carrying it now, we're going to try to expand that in the future. Have done a wonderful job. If you can imagine, uh, Coop and, and Bear, we we started this and toward the end of November on Monday morning, on the third week of November, I called the retailers up after Thanksgiving and said, "Hey, guys." You guys, thank you for your business. You guys are going to get this on Friday at your doorstep. And what we did is with Arthur Kemper and, and Nicholas and the team, they really did a great job in building the zone. So we made sure that everybody from from Seattle, Washington, all the way to Miami, Florida, would get these cigars right on their doorstep on Friday. And the thing that was mind-boggling to me, Coop, was how many people said, thank you, Nick, and we're ready to reorder. And I said, well, what do you mean reorder? You can talk to any of your salesmen. No, we want to reorder the 30th. And I said, well, excuse me, I'm, it's coming in on this Friday on your doorstep four days from now. They said, no, we'd like to reorder. We've actually pre-sold everything. And it just shows how great the, the retailers are here in North America that we picked for the 30th and how great the consumers are. And we're humbled by it, to say the least. Um, it's been incredible. I was just talking to David Garofalo. I, I did the opening launch up at his stores in New Hampshire. And look, Dave's an icon in the industry, 38 years in the industry. He said, Nick, I've never seen a launch like this in my life. We had an incredible weekend together with three shows. It was Seabrook and Salem and, and Nashua store. And we ended up doing a Q&A that evening to a packed house. And um, Nicholas joined us, of course. And it was humbling, to say the least, together with Roy Kirby, our, our sales rep in the New Hampshire area. And we, uh, we knocked it out of the park. And those, those folks were just so great. Nick, I actually saw those shows, and I maybe I don't think I'm mistaken on this. Dave ordered a lot of this product, right? And he was worried he was going to be out of the product. I think for by the time the weekend of events was over, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, we we limited the product because we want to make sure that all yep. the thirtieth Perdomo thirtieth uh, anniversary retailers Cooper are going to be in in stock position. Yeah, for the whole year. Well, back back orders don't mean anything to retailers. They certainly don't mean anything to the consumers. What it does it. It angers them for good reason. So we wanted to make sure that all our retailers would be in in-stock position. 
And uh, hey, listen, there's no no secret to David Garofalo and I are brothers from other mothers. And I said we we gave him a tremendous amount of cigars of this of this launch. He got it more more cigars than just about any other retailer for sure. And it was incredible how many cigars that this man sells and his staff that just do a wonderful job at Two Guys Smoke yeah. Shop. And he called me up the night before I flew up. He said, hey, listen, uh, I've never seen this before, but uh, I'm going to run out of certain sizes and stuff. And that's a lot to say for yeah. Dave because he's not afraid to order. He's not a one to show, one to go. Yeah. He's one to show and a hundred to go because he knows how to do it right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nick, have you ever... Have you guys ever done a release like this where you know, I won't say because this is this is a regular production cigar. Like you said, you just wanted to strategically place it with the people who supported you over the last 30 years, which is sure. A, I mean, what a what a what a gesture for yeah. those amazing retailers and partners of yours. But have you ever done a release like in, in this kind of fashion or is it, this the first time you have, you're doing it? This I've way? never seen anything like it in my life, to be honest with you, Bear. We sold more cigars in three weeks and some lines selling a whole year. That's how astronomical oh, wow. uh, the brand is sold. Now I've been listening and then all the decades I've been in the cigar industry, I've never seen a release like this in my life. Um, and, and our retailers have done a wonderful job and our consumers all around North America have enjoyed the cigar. And look, it, like I said, and I've said it many times at my stage of the career, that's the stage of my career. That's the only thing I really care about is how, fruitful we can we can satisfy our consumers and uh it's been a it's been a big hit and it continues and we expect it to continue for years to come i mean that's how we've we've stuck with brands like like you talked about earlier with champagne berry you're talking about a brand's been out 23 years it continues climbing um listen we come up with blends we really work hard on this and this cigar was extremely special and we'll get into the cigar and, and what we've done and what made it special and the blending process and the and the and the paramount of the year of tobacco that we decided to pick on the 30th it's um it's a milestone for us and we're beyond excited about not only the sales but the response from the consumers and um everybody from nicaragua to our sales team in the united states and our guys in miami are just tickled pink on the sales of the cigar hey. Yeah, I like I said, I there was a lot of excitement with this cigar last month when it came out. You know, I was actually sitting in the office. Uh, that was when I was there in November, that Friday, and I was talking to Nicholas, and he says, "Hey, in a few minutes, the the press release is coming out that these are shipping out of Nicaragua." So he's like, "Hey, just look, give you a heads up on." So I was like, I was kind of there when that announcement came, and by the time. Nick, that hit our website, it was like the biggest story of the week. I mean, people were really excited about this project. And they, I know they waited a long time, and it seems like everything's paid off. Good things happen to those who wait, you know? Yeah, but we're excited about and we're thankful <laughs> to our retailers and consumers who waited because that cigar came out a year later. And it's not the stories that it was stuck somewhere. It was really our packaging people. What happened was, you know, during COVID, they just couldn't get the, the the packaging done. And then Arthur Kemper decided he wanted to come up with an idea on the packaging. And there's nobody better than him in the industry. And Arthur said, hey, Nick, I want to surprise you and Janine. I want to I want to come up and, and package this cigar. Would you would you allow me? And I know Nicholas was was there with him and, and looking at it. And I actually didn't see the packaging of this cigar till the night before the trade show when we were at Delmonico's restaurant in Las Vegas and Jay and I were just blown away. Our jaws dropped. I never, I couldn't even go into the booth and, and 
and look at the cigars. It was, was mind boggling to me. I own the company. I've never seen it in, in my life. Um, so when I looked at it, it was unbelievable. And we have a new humidor that comes out that's handmade in our box factory. Nicaragua it takes upwards to 40, I'm sorry, two and a half days to make all inlaid wood, which we're going to be having for each one of our 30th retail uh, customers. They have 60 torpedoes, 20 Connecticut, 20 Sun Grown, and 20 Maduro. And people who know me know that I'm a torpedo lover, and I think we make the best torpedoes in the world, and I might be biased about it, but I know that Sarah Gonzalez, who's, who's our factory manager, who made the Monte Cristo too at the H. Upman factory in Nicaragua for 30 years, really instilled a great work ethic into our workforce and designed a great torpedo for, for the Perdomo Cigar Company. Yeah, Nick, you know, Bear and I have commented, wow, the Perdomo Army is just in full force tonight, Nick. I'm just looking at our crowd. Uh, thanks, to you thanks to you and Janina. Um, Bear and I have been very, I think, on like Bear and I will agree on things and we disagree on things, but we're in agreement on this one. Torpedoes, you, you bring the torpedo you bring. I agree. I think you really yeah. do a great torpedo, if not the best one in the industry. I think Bear, I'm not speaking for Bear, mm -hmm. but I think you. No, you are. Them. That's fine. Yeah, yeah we've had this no, discussion on this show we've, a lot. We've had this actually. conversation. Yeah. yeah. It, um, it's I'm just, very, yeah. I'm very, very, very picky about it, and it, and it really upsets me how, how, how. Well, it's not really an overdone Vitola anymore, but it was when I first came into the industry, yeah. and, and it was just, it was just frustration after frustration. Um, with, with, you know, with y'all being the exception, Nick. But we've had this conversation. It's they're, I mean, they're just immaculate. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, the, it's one of the toughest cigars to make because it's reformed by hand initially before it goes into a press mold. And you really have to have great rollers and bunchers who make it. And a lot of guys don't have the patience. And there's always a a speed factor on making these cigars. And if you make them right, they're they're wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Guys, yeah, I think I uh, – are you guys hear me? Yeah, that was my yeah, fault. We're yeah, good. We're, yeah, we're good. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that was yeah, my so, fault. Not you, know, yours. you know, a beautiful torpedo literally should look like an artillery shell <laughs> and should have that beautiful point. And basically what's what's beautiful about the torpedo, what makes it so special is it goes in your mouth. It's literally a 40 ring gauge cigar and it literally flares out to a 54. And um, it's just, look, in, in, in my career and, and, you know, just talking to my family, the Torpedo was always made by the greatest cigar rollers and bunchers. So to me, it's special. It used to be our number one SKU. A lot of people kind of started making the Torpedoes cross the bunches and a lot of cigars didn't perform like they should. And you know, we kind of got nicked for it, even though we had nothing to do with it. And not everybody smokes Perdomo. We wish they we would, but I guarantee if they smoke our Torpedoes, they'll really get a lot of enjoyment from it. And one of the things I'm really proud about it is it's one of the top SKUs in the 30th anniversary line. So people are really enjoying it. 7 by 54 it's just a, a symphony of flavor, and it works really good on that and on that Vitola, like Bear said. And I'm, I've got to say, that. Nick, I'm, yeah, I'm, I agree I've got this, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm about an inch, well, probably about a half an inch into this uh, 30th anniversary Maduro that we're smoking tonight. And this is even, this is even, uh, this is even better than when I smoked it the first time. I'm really getting some rich. I mean, there's just some beautiful richness to the cigar. There's a lot of that complexity. Yeah. Uh, that really, really has always like always been always been a signature for you guys that I've always really enjoyed. 
Uh, but this Maduro is a lot different. There's a little bit more, it's kind of a little bit more rustic um, in than like uh, the other Maduros that I've had, like in the 20th, for example, or, you know, even in the 10th reserve, there's, there's some beautiful oilness to this cigar. I know you're, I know you're looking at it. You're smoking the same thing, Nick, but there's some beautiful oiliness to it. It's very rustic. I really get, I really get a lot more woodiness off of this one than I do other, other Maduros in your, that you, that you make and create. And it really is balanced by a wonderful richness and sweetness from those oils. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Well, thank you, guys. What makes this cigar so special is every time we come up with something, we came out with the 20th, which arguably is one of the best cigars in the industry. I wanted to come up something. And uh, we had our 2006, 2007 uh, crop. It was a bumper crop. It was incredible. We had almost 4,200 pounds per acre of tobacco. We had just an incredible uh, growing season that year. High blue skies, beautiful sunny days with with sunshine up to 13 and 14, up to 15 hours of sunshine. A lot of photosynthesis tobaccos were oily, rich, and just gummy. They were just full of flavor, and when we cured them, they just cured so beautifully. And I decided, hey, listen, I'm going to come up with the 25th anniversary. And then I remember talking to the guy. I said, we, we really don't have five-year anniversary. We have 10-year anniversary. And I said, yeah, I had a V8 moment there. And I said, maybe we should come up with something with our 30th anniversary. And um, this is these special exquisite tobaccos in this blend that make it so special. We're lucky we have a great you know, group of guys that are in fermentation, really took care of the tobacco. Our warehouses are basically hermetically sealed, and we condition these tobaccos perfectly. And uh, we're just so happy with the blend. It's uh, you know very complex, symphonic in flavor, kind of like you said. A bear, and you do have some woody flavors in, in this Maduro, but you also pick up some sweetness. It's cold in Miami. I'm sitting outside cold. You guys are going to laugh. It's 59 degrees out here. I'm in my hoodie, um, but it's cold for a for a for a December night in Miami. And um, this cigar with with some hot chocolate works pretty damn good. Yeah. I've, I've been we're really proud of it. It it is. Um, you know, it's it's. You um, for. I'm, I've always had this question for you. Um, You know, Coop and I are big on milestones. I'm big on milestones. um, And obviously we're smoking a milestone cigar. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious there. I mean, you, I mean, you could have done anything if you wanted to, you could have done 15th anniversary, 25th is a, you know, it's a milestone that a lot of people choose to celebrate, but you've kept, you've decided to keep it on the 10 year, the 10 year marks, you know, first with the champagne on the 10th year and the 20th anniversary. And of course now the 30th, was there any particular reason for that? Is there like, is it a superstition? Is it a philosophy that, or, or just something you just refuse to do on the fives? I mean, I was, I'm just curious. People it's do a great question, Barrett. You know, normally it, it takes me three years to come up even with a cigar and a blend. So it gave me a buffer and we started with, with Perdomo Reserve Champagne and we celebrated our 10th. We went with 10th. Then we came out with the 20th anniversary. I wanted to come up with something very special with our team. So I figured let's come 10, 20, 30. Um, we're already talking about our 40th. Um, I hope to be around that that long and uh, be able to come out with the 40th anniversary. We're already talking about it. Believe it or not, you know, the spar making is not the easiest thing. You got to come up with special ideas. Yeah. And um, you have to have tremendous amounts of inventory with tobacco. Coop's been to our factory. You've seen that we have years and years of tobacco, lots of bales of tobacco. And we're really focusing with our team and fermentation of what could be something special. 
I'm going to hit 60 here in about a year and a, a little, little less than two years. And I know that Nicholas is working on something to commemorate the 60th birthday of myself. And I don't find it important, but my son certainly does. He loves his father. And, uh, you know, so, so our team is always evolving and we don't come out with many cigars to be quite honest with you. If you look at our brands, they're all selling really well, but if you look at lot 23, you know, you're talking about decades been in the industry, uh, you know, champagne, sun grown and Maduro been in the industry for decades a Perdomo Habano, you talk about decades, Perdomo Fresco, decades. The youngest brand we had in our portfolio, believe it or not, before we came out was 20th anniversary, which was right, yeah, 10 years ago. And, and that's an old brand compared to a lot of places. I mean, 12 year, we off, we've staggered them to the retailers we had, but we've had that brand for 12 years. That's That's the next youngest brand, but most of our brands have been out. For over 20 years and we're proud of that and we don't come up with brands and throw them up against the wall and hope they stick we really want something that lasts and has a longevity and, and builds a legacy of the brand for our retailers and for our consumers um it's not about coming up with a brand and coming out with another brand coming out with another brand coming out with another brand it causes confusion we want our consumers to really lock in and like what they like and the reason we have three wrappers are is that they particularly love that particular blend of the cigar. They'll be able to ping pong back and forth and get even more enjoyment of it. And to us, that's enjoyment, too, that our consumers all around the world enjoy. It. Oh, I, I agree. I agree with you. And I think that's a lot of the fun uh, of a Perdomo cigar is, is having those different options flipping for you in them. Go ahead, Bill. You were going to say what something. Yeah, I was gonna say the you talked about the twentieth being the youngest, and I guess that's right because this end of Silvio came out just before that, correct? Oh uh, yeah, Silvio's been out for almost nineteen years. It's, it was it was a memory of my grandfather Silvio. We actually okay. have hundreds of thousands of cigars in aging. We're gonna research, we're gonna repackage that cigar and get that back out in the industry because a lot of people love that cigar. You know, it was a small production. Of less than a hundred thousand cigars yeah. a year, and and people really love that cigar. People keep asking me for it daily, and uh, we're going to bring it back to them. We decided we wanted to come up with some different packaging on them. We wanted to make the cigars as great as they were, even better. We just believe our consumers deserve the very best, regardless of price point. And I think our price points are are very reasonable. When have you ever saw a cigar that's certified fifteen years, filler binders and wrappers, and been aged in bourbon barrels, and they're retailing? You know, without state taxes between twelve and fourteen dollars, most people would say that cigar is between thirty and fifty dollars. We didn't want to do that. We always thought, you know, hogs get slaughtered. And uh, my dad always said that small margins guarantee you stay in business. And I followed that mantra to my son and to my team. And um, we're a phenomenal cigar at a great price point that's affordable for everybody, and they get a tremendous bang for their buck. If they want to spend twenty dollars extra for a cigar. It might not be as good, then they can go for it. That's that's everybody's right and, and privilege, and I respect that. But um, I think we have a loyal, consistent following, and uh, one of the things we're known for is our consistency and our quality. And when you when you're a vertically integrated company that does everything instead of outsource a lot of things, I think you can bring a lot of bang to the buck for the consumer and the retailer all over the world. Thank God we've been able to do that not only in America but in 57 different countries all around the world from a company to start out of a garage. Nick, Nick, I wanted, I, wanted, I'm sorry, Derek, I keep cutting you off. Nick, okay. I wanted to do a quick exercise because I wanted to talk about this because, you know, obviously, I, you know, I just went to the grocery store and I experienced, you know, bought groceries that 
they used to cost me a certain amount. Now it's not just a year later. You said the 20th is the youngest cigar in your portfolio. And I'm putting you on the spot here and I do apologize, but MSRP, when it first released the 20th anniversary, Epi- I'm just going to go with Epicure. What was that per stick price, per cigar price? It was uh, 8 to $10. Where is it today? Uh, and, and you're talking about 10 years ago. It's uh, 9 to $11, wow. 9 to wow. eleven fifty. Yeah, we've, wow. we've, we've yeah. been very Good consistent. Yeah. And, yes, uh, that's my, that's my yeah. point. That's, my, it's yeah. a huge, that's a huge tip of the cap to you, Nick. That's a huge yeah. compliment. And, and mind-boggling me, a young and dumb retailer on Instagram said that I raised my prices this year and blah, blah, blah. But I was in the business a lot longer before he ever was. And he doesn't know that for years and years and years, we never raised our prices. And we only raised our prices this year, you know, between 12 and a half cents yeah. and 25 cents. So I think we were really reasonable. We did that because Nicaragua implemented an a, a, a 8% minimum wage increase. And also our fertilizer was doubled by by 100%. And what we did is we just wanted to recoup the money to make sure our workers would, would get great wages. And we didn't, we certainly weren't, you know, greedy about it by any sense. We just wanted to break even. And I'm proud of that. And I'm proud that our company's done that. We've been good stewards of our money. We're completely debt free. And we offer that value to our consumers. So I think our consumers and all the smart retailers around the country have been more than respectful that we did increase prices for 2024, but very minimal to say the least, very nominal. And I think a lot of people are appreciative of, and we're appreciative that they understand that we had to do this with, with the cost, but still our average price points about $8, $9 in 2024. And I think that's very reasonable for the consumers. And, and for over a decade, Nick, Perdomo Cigars has continued to absorb the S chip. I want to say it's 15 years almost now, Bear. Next year, I said over a decade. I was being conservative. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah this is this was during the times of Barack Obama was president. Hit us with the S chip bill, which was in you know, you're talking twenty four. You're talking sixteen, yeah, sixteen years ago, and we continue absorbing the S chip tax at one hundred percent. We're proud to say we're the only cigar company in the world that absorbed the S chip tax. Um, and not only did we absorb the S chip tax, we took two of our biggest brands, Perdomo Reserve Champagne and Lot Twenty Three. And back the prices back four years prior to that. And uh, it's been a saving grace for us. You know, we made very tiny margins. But what we did is we helped people during tough economic times. People forget, but during the Obama years, we were paying $3.80 for gas. Inflation was up. We lost the gold standard, AAA rating, and so on and so on. And we're all cognizant about the last two and a half years that we've been suffering as a country under the Biden administration by continuing to keep our prices down and be able to make cigars affordable. Because look, everybody needs bread. They need milk. They need beer. They need hot dogs. We know that they don't need cigars, but what they do need are great cigars at great price points, especially in tough economic times. And I think we hit it on the head. And I think not only the company, but our whole staff, we've been very cognizant about being very sharp priced to make sure that our consumers not only enjoy our cigars, but they will be able to afford our cigars also. Nick, I want to go back to the 30th for a second, because you started talking about this. So your son came to you and said, I want to design the packaging for this, right? He So he came to you, and he basically asked you to stay on the sidelines for that, correct? He did, and Arthur, who's who's the, the, the you know, the, not only yeah. the, he's the packaging yeah. guru, said to me, 
I want to design something. And this was really hard for me because I'm I was not a say, yeah. manager. Yeah, I mean, but but I want to know what's going on. I knew the cigar. I, I took care of that right. as far as the blending with our team. But I really wanted to see what, what the finishing prep, the you know, packaging was going to look like. And you can imagine Brydag, our packaging uh, guys from, from Eindhoven and Holland, they flew four to five, I think it was five times they flew to Miami to work together with Arthur. And then Nicholas would be in the office with Ralph and Nelson and the guys. And I never got to see it. I would stay in my office. And you guys know me. I'm not a control freak, but I want to know what's going right. on. I, and I've was, seen you. That's why yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a struggle for me. You know what I mean? To do that. But again, a good CEO has to trust his people and has right. to delegate the authority and, and understand what they come from. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for my vice president, my team. And what I did is I sat back on the sidelines, but it's not easy for me to be on my heels. And a lot of my guys, I think Kenny Kerr and, and Jeff Owens and Juan and all the guys in the Miami office probably saw the packaging well before I saw it. And um, it was a tough thing, but you know what it, it taught me, Coop and Bear? It taught me that my guys are fantastic, and it taught me also that I got to – stay back a little bit and trust in my guys. And yeah. I've always trusted them, but I've always looked at it. And, uh, you know, the greatest president in the world, Ronald Reagan said, always trust, but verify. And, uh, I trusted, I didn't verify it, but I knew they were going to do a great job. And, uh, I'm really proud of what, what, what Arthur did. And I'm really proud of our sales guys around America and the job they've done to sell the brands. And I'm proud of the retailers your 30th anniversary. Uh, merchants and, and the job they've done to be able to do it and the guys that aren't trust me we're gonna we're gonna be able to open you up but just give us some time because we want to make sure that every retailer in america is is an in-stock position we make sure that every consumer that visits their local brick and mortar store always has perdomo 30th anniversary like they have lot 23 habano champagne 20th anniversary and, the, and all the lines that we have right. always consistently in stock on the shelves because during these tough economic times and inflation, the retailer to need today needs to be in stock. And I'm one of the I'm, I'm very proud to say that Perdomo has, you know, probably 99, over 99 percent in stock position. And the retailers will be able to pay their directs or indirects, the rents and their clerks and so on. So that's a big thing for us. No, it is great. Hey, now, go ahead, Bear. I'm sorry. This might be man, it's going to be one of those nights. Coop. I'm sorry. No, you got uh, um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, this might be a better question for Arthur, but I, I still want to get your perspective on it. You know, sure. Ar, you know, I know Arthur has been with you forever and he's, he, 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 he is family and I get that, but you know, I, what does it mean to you when, a, when a man who doesn't share your name has taken, takes your name and puts such yeah. care and such conscious effort and and treats it as his own. That has to that has to be a, a different kind of feeling, especially on a project like this. It's an incredible feeling. Uh, you know, I was talking to him today. We were doing Christmas bonuses and so on with the sales team today and our in-house guys in Miami. And it's it's such an honor when you have someone who watches their company and treats their company as though it's it was their own and the monies that they're spent with the company. And I'm blessed. You know, we. We always talk about entrepreneurs that build companies, but you also have a very important segment called entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are definitely people like Arthur. And I have a lot of entrepreneurs that work for the company that care about the company as though it's so. And to me, Bear, 
it's a blessing. I've always was an entrepreneur before I was an entrepreneur. Everywhere I worked, whether I was pitching papers for the Miami Herald or I was an air traffic controller in Miami, I always loved the companies I worked for. I always wanted to give them everything I had. And um, it's great when you have people that have the same mindset. Narker definitely does. Nick, the 30th, again, back to the 30th anniversary, and Nicholas was involved with this as well. And I was going to talk to him about this tonight a little bit. Nicholas is basically the same age as your company almost. It's very close, right? So he kind of, from the beginning, is you know, it's kind of a parallel. So it's kind of, I'd say, you know, it makes sense to have him involved with this a lot because he was basically as old as the company. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong at all. I, it was funny. I was Nestle and I was visiting a friend of mine this last week and uh, my old factory, my first factory was, was down the street and I walked down with Nelson and Nicholas and the lady that owns it now is a Cuban woman who started out in the cigar industry. And I said, excuse me. And she said, I know who you are. And I said, oh, well, thank you. I said, I just want to let you know about 20 years ago, I used to, I was, I was in this particular factory. Would you mind if I got to walk around? I said, my son is 31 he was three, you know, when I had the factory, you know, talking 27, 28 years ago when I first came here. Could I walk by? And she said, of course, come on in. She was, I'm so glad you're here. And it was really cool because as little as he was, he said, I remember it had a little, it had, believe it or not, it had a little swimming pool in the middle. He said, Dad, I remember that when I was little. And, um, you know, you're talking about a kid who grew up in the industry, and I showed her a picture, and it was a picture of Nicholson, Natalie. Nicholson's probably six years old. Natalie was three years, and they were sitting on a on a bunch of bales of tobacco. And I told her, I said, "Look, that's right over there on the northeast corner of of the factory. I used to have bales of tobacco there. And look, this is my son. He was six years old, and he was sitting on those bales of tobacco. So." You know, a lot of people talk about I was in the tobacco industry and blah, blah, blah. And I would talk to my dad. My dad would say, I never heard of any of these people. But Nicholas is one who can always say, you know what? I grew up under a tobacco plant, basically, because I got pictures with him when he was one sitting on rolling tables and and so on and so on. So he's always loved the industry. He's very knowledgeable, for sure. He's a hell of a lot more knowledgeable than I was when I was 31 years old. And um, yeah, you hit it right on the head on that. No, you you just said you you know you and you don't introduce a lot of new brands, right? And and you introduce this story. So the challenge, how do you deal with the challenge? Okay, you have all these successful brands right now, the twentieth, the lot twenty three, but now you're introducing something else. How do you how are you careful not to make sure that, that doesn't compete with those other ones? Because sometimes I see companies make that mistake. They introduce something and they they cap they, they bastardize basically something that was doing well. So I'm sure these are things you have thought about over these. How do you deal with that challenge? Well, first of all, the differentiations and dosages and blends, price points, and the correct amount of merchandising for the store. So what we do is we don't we want to make sure when we do planograms on the stores that they can be able to handle the amount of cigars that we have. And the reason we don't come up with many cigars, Coop, is because we want to make sure that not only do we have our sections properly right. merchandised, but also at the same token, that we don't overload the retailer. They have a tremendous amount of cigars and space that they have. And what we don't want to do is cause confusion for them. But at the same token, we're taking more and more shelf space because we are shipping where other people aren't shipping. And um, I'm very proud of that. And I'm also proud of the expansion 
that we're getting around the cigar stores all over the world, not not just to, just here in America, and how we've expanded. You know, the average cigar store probably carries about four facings of each brand, seven shelves deep, or which is twenty eight facings, or a lot of them are eight deep at five at forty facings. And uh, that's pretty darn good. And one of the things we do is, you know, our, our cigars are packaged extremely well. They're very shelf friendly for the retailer. And I think the retailer and the consumer respects what we do in only the packaging aspects, but also in the quality of the product. And it's worked extremely well for us. And um, we're very proud of it. Yeah, Nick, you're you make a great point on that. I remember when I came out of the, the last thing we do on the factory tour is you go through the merchandising piece. And it was so noticeable when I went into anyone's retail shop after seeing that presentation. Like it. Yeah, it it just it opened my eyes completely to like what you guys are doing and how you guys merchandise and stuff. Like I hadn't thought about it before. It was one like I think I've talked about this with Bear a few times too. It was amazing. It was just yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm just telling my wife I need a blanket. I'm freezing out here, but <laughs> you know. The, the, the funny thing is, when you, when you live in Miami, it's 80 degrees pretty much all year long, and it goes down to 57. Um, <laughs> you, get, you get cold. Well, and, we had uh, bear with below zero once in this Remember that? That's right. Yeah. You, that got, you, guys, you, guys, you guys are used to the cold weather, but... Um, Nick, I'm Texan. What are you talking about? But you were a Baltimore <laughs> guy. You you were a Baltimore guy for a while. You grew up in Baltimore, right? You yeah, were. I grew up. But you know, when my family came from Cuba to Baltimore, yeah. you know, we were only there for eleven years. Yeah. I left. I, I left when I was eleven years old, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to be fifty nine now. So I've been gone for forty eight years. Your blood, you know, outside of five years yeah. when I served in the Navy, um, I, I was stationed in Florida too when I was in the military. So your blood thins out. You know, how cold is it in Charlotte? And, how cold is it in Dallas for you guys? It's in the forties today. Yeah, yeah which is cold, but that's cold for that's that's cold for us in December though. To have highs in the forties. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've got long sleeves on in the studio right now, and so it's it's uh, forty seven yeah. outside. No, it's fifty one. Sorry, fifty one. Fifty one outside. Oh, so it's not much different. It's fifty. I think it's fifty eight here in Miami. It's supposed to get on the fifty, but it. Yeah, you know when you when you have a temperature version from eighty to to the fifties, it gets cold. I'm sure everybody out in the audience. Oh yeah, it's all probably it's all, some some cold weather. And, and Nick, I won't lie to you. I mean, I've been down in Charlotte for fifteen years. Uh, I grew I'm coming from the New York Philadelphia area. Um, you know, I got softer. <laughs> so it's like I'm just telling you that right right now. You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. So you get you yeah, change yeah. you change you acclimate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. All good. So, so I wanted to show you guys something that's very yep. unique. If I could show the audience, Absol- this is, absolutely. This is a new a new project that we have on the thirtieth, and this is basically a a humidor that we have. I don't know if you guys can see it, but yep. it's the thirtieth anniversary humidor. And um, basically, when you open this humidor up, it's it's all inlaid wood. It actually takes one person two and a half days to make it each each particular piece of wood matches if you guys can see it here yep okay and if you look and when you open it up you'll see the the name perdomo yep on the top and then what's really cool is when you look inside there's 67 by 54 torpedoes oh, inside yeah. so you're gonna get you're gonna get the the sun grown the maduro and the connecticut and um it has walnut hinges. It, it's really a piece of 
a piece of art that we just started making for our 30th anniversary customers. And it's a, it's a very special piece. It's completely made by hand and we're really proud of it. We're going to start. It's a small production because it's all done by hand by our artisans in the box factory, which you, you've been there Coop, and you oh, see yeah. how these guys do it. But everything is completely done by hand. They even shave all the pieces of hardwood by hand. And uh, it's, it's really incredible. And, um, we're excited to to see how the consumers really enjoy them. It's um, it's a work of art. It really is. Oh, I was going to ask. So these are things that will be available for retailers to make available to consumers. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's 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 not the cheapest thing. But I had a, a friend of mine in Boston who's a woodworker who said if I had to make a box like that by hand, it would cost literally six to seven hundred dollars. You're talking about a package with the cigars and everything. It's going to retail for twelve hundred dollars, but um, and you know our price points are sharp, so yeah. uh, it's it's unique. They're um, we're not making many of them right now. We're we're on par to make about hundred and twenty of them for the for the whole country. That's it. So if someone's looking for something yeah. special, um, that that is that's really something special from us for sure. They they really came out. They they look beautiful. And uh, how many of them you said? How many are you making of those? Well, we're ta- we're talking about making three per store right now because uh-huh. they're literally completely made by hand by one person. So it's, it's really, you want to talk about a, a one of each one is actually different. Not every, because the hardwoods have sure. different grains and so on. And they shave them down to an eighth of an inch and they inlay every single piece in there. So it's, uh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. it That's beautiful. By the way, if anyone's looking for a Christmas gift for me, just, you know, yeah, that would be a very nice one for me. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> Bear, you know, noted. No Thank you. <laughs> yeah. your, your, your subtlety is overwhelming. Thank I, you. I, no, no, <laughs> My wife is listening. You know, contact uh, contact the Perdomo. The, the list of the Perdomo 30th retailers are on the website. So, <laughs> right, so, yeah, cool. and, and, and if, if you could, Bear, a lot of people have asked this. Um, if you go to www.perdomocigars/slash 30th. Mm-hmm. Uh, anniversary, you'll be able to see all the uh, the 30th accounts around around the country that you can that you can purchase cigars from. And we're doing our best to try to get more and more accounts. But like I said earlier, we want to make sure that all the accounts, um, you know, have in stock position at all times. Comes in five shapes. The cigar comes in a robusto five by fifty four, uh, an Epicure, which is a six by fifty four. A Churchill, which is a seven by fifty-four, together with a beautiful torpedo at seven by fifty-four, and finally a Gordo at six by sixty. The cigars retail between twelve dollars and fourteen dollars outside of your excise tax in the state you live in. So you talk about bang for your buck. It's one of the best bang for your bucks for an ultra premium cigar it, made with Perdomo quality. It, it is, like I said, it was a big highlight of the, of the year as far as releases go. If you know. If not, like I said, I've been doing this 14 years, and this one was big. This one was very, very big. It was big when it came out. The, You know, we even, like I said, you guys unveiled this at the trade show, too, right? Because you saw it only the night before you were saying the world didn't get to see this till those doors of the trade show opened. It's true, and I didn't really get to see, you know, like I said, the night before, and uh, the response was was, yeah. was just incredible, and uh we're really proud of it. And yeah. Listen, we got a lot of things going on. You know, uh, champagne's coming up with a with you know still sixty month old wrappers. 
I think this wrapper crop that we have on an 18 was one of the best that'll be coming out for the 2024 year. Uh, Perdomo Habano, the bourbon barrel age. We worked a lot with Saranac at the time with, they made a brand called Pappy Van Winkle. We're using all these barrels for our, for our Perdomo Habano bourbon barrel age. And we've been blessed. I mean, if you look at brands like Lot 23, Habano, 10th anniversary, Sun Grown Maduro, uh, and, and the Champagne together with the 20th and their three wrappers. Um, they've been incredible. We had to retire three brands that were they were up to almost toward a million pieces when we talk about factory tour blend and and Perdomo small batch and, and Nick Sticks. The reason we had to retire those brands is because of the response between Perdomo Reserve Champagne and 20th anniversary and now coming up to 30th anniversary. So we've been really proud of it. Batch. I know you're going to say yes. that, Barry. <laughs> oh, God, I love that cigar, man. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it's a great cigar, Bear. The thing of it is, is, you know, you got to watch table time with the, with open yeah. immigration right now and open borders. We've had a problem. I don't know if you guys know this, but Nicaragua has a population of 6.8 million people. Over 700,000 Nicaraguans have left the country in the last two years, and they have vanished through our borders. And, and you live in Texas. It's been, it's been detrimental to the cigar industry in Nicaragua. Luckily, we've been blessed. A lot of our workers, the average worker, has been with us for 20 and a half years and stayed with us. And uh, really, the great work that Miguel Rivera, our general manager in Nicaragua, together with our operation manager, Nelson Cuba, to keep our, our team intact has been phenomenal. A lot of people have been decimated in Honduras, and Nicaragua, and all these countries because you have wide open borders now and people are just, just they can fly into the United States or come across the border and they're unquestioned. And um, it's a it's a really tricky situation to have in the United States. It could become dangerous in the future. And it's hurt a lot of manufacturers in Central America, not just in the cigar industry, having these open borders. Yeah, Nick, uh, my, my cousin just retired his border, border guard in Nogales, Arizona. And he said, you have no idea is what he said to me. He says, you have no idea what we're dealing with is what he said. Yeah, no, we've yeah. been hearing we've been hearing not Nicaragua necessarily, but. Mexico is opening up their jails. Honduras, yeah. Opening their jails, yeah, release them into the United States. And these poor border, yeah, you know, I just saw something where the National Guard was went down about a month ago, and it wasn't to protect our borders; it was to tell the border patrol to, to stand pat. Wow. It's crazy what's happening right now, and it's um, I think it's going to be dangerous for the United States, unfortunately, in the future. Yeah, no, I think so too. You were down in Nicaragua. I saw the photos of you down in Nicaragua. And there was something that you guys did that I think is very exciting because uh, I know you shot a video. You have a new farm. Yeah, we just uh, we have a farm about 40 miles north of uh, Esteli between the Condega Valley and the Esteli Valley. We fell in love with it. It's beautiful and picturesque. And uh, we named it after our granddaughters. It's called Finca Stella e Lucia, which is my my two granddaughters. Lucia is Nicholas's daughter, and Stella is Natalie's daughter. Right. And uh, we always name the farms after the women in the family. And what you saw in the YouTube, or I'm sorry, in the Facebook and the Instagram video, was basically where we were standing on future curing barns that we're building that should be done in the next 90 days. People were going, "Where there's so much stone around there?" And I said, "Yeah, we actually." I was asking about that. Yeah. That yeah, we brought that stone in to be able to build the foundation for the curing barns. But it's um, 
It's a pristine farm that's got about 78 acres. It's not the biggest farm, but the grounds are phenomenal. They're loaded with nitrogen, potassium, phosphorus. And uh, we're planning on starting to put seeds down in uh, the latter part of February and start growing tobacco there. These are grounds that have never been ever grown before. Um, and we're really excited about the tobaccos we're going to be able to, to pull out of there and pick out of there and to use for a future new cigar from Perdomo. Because, again, it's a different ground. We're going to see what we can come up with. And uh, we're we're excited about, you know, kids are in a, in a candy store for me. Seeing a beautiful farm with great grounds to me is exciting as is, is toys for a kid, to be honest with you. Yeah, Nick. Nick when let's I talk was, about that for a second. Wait, because wait, I, wait, I, I was I, really I would oh, okay, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, let me go first yeah, okay, please. on this one. So, so Nick, when I was down at the on the tour and I always knew you as an entrepreneur, I knew you as a blender. I saw Nick Perdomo the farmer. And I saw how much you were into it. Like, and you talk about seeds, and you look at the the Fink and Natalie. I, I saw Nick Perdomo, the farmer, too. That, and that was a beautiful thing to see. I just wanted to say. Well, thank you. I, I love farming. It's one of my favorite things. I love tobacco, of course, but I like to mix it up in the curing process and the fermentation process because that's what's going to eventually come out to be a great tasting cigar for our consumers out there that are listening. So yeah. it's essential to me. And I actually love it. I love going out to the farms in the morning, early in the morning, six or seven in the morning and, and hanging out there all day, looking at everything, not only the agronomy, but the meteorological conditions, because there's a lot of science to it. You know, we can yeah. pelletize water now, water droplets and put the exact parts for millions of, of nitrogen and phosphorus potassium boron copper and every micro element that tobacco needs to feed on to grow beautiful lush tobacco and there's no better tobacco in the world than nicaragua and then uh you're right Coop. it's one of my loves for i sure. can see no absolutely there go ahead i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off on that one no i was just saying that the it's you know how many how many how many farms have you opened in your career nick it's got to be oh well, we yeah we have over 2,100 acres of land between the Esteli, Condega, and the Jalapa Valley, which is a tremendous amount of land for tobacco. We, you know, we have some farms you could put 37 football fields and stadiums inside and craters of volcanoes that used to be volcanoes at one time with extremely fertile grounds that produce incredible tobacco. So, yeah, never in my, in my life did I ever think we'd be able to do this. I, the magazine just recently asked me, you know, how many cigars did you ever dream you could think you could sell of? I said 100,000. And today we pretty much almost manufacture 100,000 cigars a day. So my late father always said, you live in the greatest country in the world. If you work hard enough, you can attain anything you want. And I tell people out there all, all the time that they can do it. If I could do it, believe me, I'm not the smart, smartest guy in the world. Anybody can do it. But I did have a great work ethic from the examples that my mom and dad taught me and and seeing how my my parents struggled when i was a little boy look i grew up extremely poor so i'm very grounded a lot of people will tell you that i treat the guy that cleans the floor at the factory the same as i treat my general manager jesus christ washed our feet i, I don't understand how anybody can be arrogant um i just i value every human being regardless of their status because i respect people i know a lot of people that are wealthy that are great people. And I know a lot of people that are poor that are not really great people. And I know a lot of people that are wealthy that are not great people. You have to take people one by one 
And um, I never judged a friend of mine by the status or how much money he made. I judged him by what type of person he was. And I think that's very important. Nick, when you were yeah, doing think, that, go ahead, go ahead there. I, I think that's, I think that's like the way that you treated people. I mean, obviously you talk about the tenure in this business and you look across the industry, your company is well above average. Well, 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 like times four above average in terms of longevity. We, we talk about it every time we talk with you. Every year, I love. Every year, I look forward to it because when we started this conversation, it was like our employees have been with us eighteen and a half years, then nineteen and a half, and then here we are, twenty. Yeah. You know, and it's it's. I love I love asking that question every time because I love I love seeing that year added to it, and I think that um, it's just really, it it's really fantastic to see the growth. But just to get back to the farms for a second, like we've talked about how many farms you've opened and everything, like that has to be a very special feeling when you break ground, and I mean, every time you're, you're, you're in a way, you're kind of starting over a little bit. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk about that. What what you see, what your father saw the first time he took you to Nicaragua, pointed down to the ground. You've got to get you probably have that feeling every single time now. Yeah, I mean, outside of running away from the coral snakes and the rattlesnakes when you first open up ground because, you're, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just trees and vegetation. Um, it's a special feeling because. We develop farms. We build them. Nothing's ever grown on them. I think it's extremely important. And I think my father was a very essential with that, with his experience, not only in tobacco, but with heavy equipment where we've been able to, to you know, knock down thatch, even out beautiful grounds and to produce beautiful tobacco and farms where literally the soils are not only extremely fertile and rich, but Nothing's ever grown on them. So those tobaccos absorb every bit of those nutrients because they've never been attacked or worked on. And what that does is it produces really lush, beautiful tobacco. And uh, I get excited every time I look at these at these farms and, and you look at stuff and people, uh, friends of mine will come over and go, I only, all I see is flowers and thatch and, and plants and so on. And I'll grab a spade and go, look at this and, and grab this rich earth and say, look, look at this. And me and Nelson were just down there with Nicholas about a week and a half ago. We we're looking at this ground. It looked like miracle grow. It's just like, look like potting soil. And I said, imagine the tobacco that's going to come out of there yeah. for the future, for our consumers. They're going to love it. And um, the new seed varieties that our genetic department built, they've done an incredible job. Mm -hmm. Most tobacco comes out, you have 50% light tobaccos and then you have 50 percent medium and strong tobaccos and we've developed seed varieties where we produce richer and richer leaves because i know the consumer is looking for more and more flavor but they're also looking for balance and harmony look i can make a cigar that can make your eyes water that's not what i want to do i want to be able to make a cigar that you'll be able to get a lot of flavor and consistency but if you want to smoke another one and another one and another one you can and you'll be able to enjoy it each time and uh that's important to me bear Nick, Absolutely. I you know, Bear, you would love this because we just talking about Bear gotta get Bear down to the factory. When that when that factory tour starts, you start off with seed agronomy, Bear, right? And you're gonna spend mm -hmm. two hours talking about seeds and, and he's gonna give you a notebook. You're gonna get this little notebook and you're gonna fill that notebook up in the two hours. Oh, I'm stoked. I'm just yeah, telling you, you're, you're just gonna be total into it. Yeah. And I get, I was just like that seed agronomy piece that you did, Nick, is I've never seen anything like that before. It it blew me away when when I was just watching that presentation. Well, look. You're you're as good as the seed. Yeah. And the seed is the art, the, the artery, and really the heart 
of the plant before it goes into those rich grounds full of minerals. And, um, you know, we treat that plant with such love and care because when we want that plant to grow, we want it to grow lush. We want to make sure that sun kisses it and produces, you know, a tremendous amount of chlorophyll where those tobaccos start enriching themselves with oils, resin, sugar, starches, and carbohydrates. Then we want to pick those tobaccos meticulously and put them in those curing bars, regardless of their size, width, and texture, to cure evenly and produce those beautiful casket colors before they go into fermentation and aging, because that seed is going to tell us at the end what type of cigar we're going to be able to produce. And it's a long process, as you know, Coop. Um, Sanko's light tobaccos at our facility at least take us about 36 months. Visos take us anywhere between 42 and 48 months. And Lijeros, which are the strength tobaccos, which happen to be the youngest tobacco plant on the, on the, on the, uh, on the stalk, but it always has sun exposure. We want those to be rich with not only nutrients, but also that sun exposure is going to produce a lot of thickness, a lot of the woodiness that Bear was talking about earlier and flavor characteristics. And when you blend those and you combine those, those tobaccos where they become harmonious, it's a, it's a big win, not only for the retailer who sells the product, but the consumer is going to enjoy that product. Very important to us. Sure. You, in that video, you talked about uh, virgin farms. Like what, for folks who may feel of a virgin farm, what is that and why is that important for what you're doing with, with your agriculture? Well, that's a great question, Coop. Tobacco is a very needy plant. It needs a lot of nutrients and a lot of fertile grounds. And when you have grounds that have been dormant, that nothing's ever grown, they're loaded. Once you do, you, you have to look at a couple of things. First of all, do you have a great water source? That's very important. So mm -hmm. all our farms have, have riverbeds running around. Then you have to look at the pH contents of the water. We want, we want a standard conductive neutrality of, of electricity where those those waters are have a pH content of about six and a half to seven percent. They're not accurate. They're not alkaline either. We want to make sure that water, when it hits those roots, those nutrients absorb and go up the stalk and fortify those leaves. And um, when you have virgin grounds or what we call new grounds that have never been grown on, that we've tested and they're super fertile, all those nutrients are going to go 100% into that tobacco plant. You know what's going to happen? You're going to have rich, hearty, delicious tobacco that people are going to enjoy where a lot of people don't really look at that. People are looking at weight, how much they can get per acre. That's all important, but to us, the quality of the leaf is the most important because being a vertically integrated company that's not just growers, but we actually make cigars, we grow tobacco for fillers, for binders, for wrappers, and to produce the best we can possibly produce for the enjoyment of not only ourselves, but our consumers and our retailers all across the world. And being vertically integrated, that chain is so strong that it makes the product, in my personal opinion, much better and more satisfying and then being vertically integrated what we've done is we've been able to hold our prices and have been able to make a phenomenal cigar at a, at a great price point point. and uh, someone told me earlier you know you make a cigar that's a rolls royce at the cost of a you know a lexus and that's that's a lot for us and there was a gentleman who came to my office and i said well that's a big compliment because that's what we try to do and we try to have the quality of a Lexus product or a, or a Rolls Royce or, or something like that at a price point that's affordable to anybody who wants to enjoy 
a great box of Perdomo cigars. Yeah, I get it. Talking about that nine to 11 price point, uh, Nick, it's probably more like you make a Rolls Royce cigar for the price of a Honda. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll, we'll really do, but you know, it, it, my mom and dad always said it's better to be humble. And, uh, my whole thing is if I can bring that enjoyment, look, I've sold a lot of cigars in my life. I'm an old guy. Now Uh, my thing is if I can bring enjoyment to somebody, you know, when I do an event, selling a box of cigars is phenomenal. But when a guy comes up to me and says, you know what, I've been smoking your cigars for 30 years. And one thing I'll tell you is they're always consistent. I never had a bad Perdomo. To me, honestly, that's that's the ultimate compliment I could ever receive. And uh, it literally, the hair on my arms stand on that because I'm still as passionate and driven about that as possible. Um, I don't know if I told you guys, but I'm actually writing a book and oh. um, it's really a oh. book not only about my life and about entrepreneurship. It, it's really about a book for, for, for the younger generation. It's it's for my grandchildren and people to, to teach them how they can be entrepreneurs. And if they work hard, um, they'll get a lot luckier. And I think people are going to enjoy it. We're, I think I'm going to call it relentless. I, so many people have asked me to write a book. And I always say, you know, there's a lot of great entrepreneurs who start out of a garage. And a priest in Naples, Florida said, Nick, you should write a book for your grandchildren so they don't screw it up. And uh, and I looked at that and I said, you know, you're right. And I was in, in Edinburgh, in Scotland, at the palace. I was doing a big cigar dinner. And we had the CEO of Callenger. Uh, it's a single malt scotch company and he was on one side and i was on the other side and the guy named nick hammond who's a writer out of london oh, i know nick yep. inter- yeah nick oh. and nick he's a big lover of cigars and at yep. the end of the interview he said you know you should write a book and i said would you like to write it he said i would love to and i ended up bringing him on and um he spent weeks with me in nicaragua he stayed at my home hung out with my family because i wanted him to get the feel of what my life was about came to miami hung out at our factory, you know, talked to our, you know, to my closest circle of friends and employees and, and my circle of trust, interviewed a lot of our guys. And I'm excited about this book. I'm hoping to have it out by the end of the summer of 2024. I've worked tremendously hard oh, on wow. it. And I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be very enjoyable. It's, it's really a labor of my love and, and how I, how I build something from, being a kid who grew up in Baltimore city and in a row house in a rough area to being pretty darn successful in the cigar industry, never going to college just serving my country for five years, being a good family, man, being a good father, husband. And I think I've been a, a, a pretty good boss to my employees. And um, I think people are going to enjoy it out there. And uh, I think the, the, the title will be called relentless because that's probably what I am initially. If I can say a bad word, I was going to call, call it, don't fuck it up to my grandchildren, <laughs> but I'm, but I'm not going to do that. No, so no. It's, um, but I've been working hard on Could be the it. subtitle, Nick, just a working yeah. subtitle. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, relentless. I think, don't fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call it relentless. I think, but I'm proud of it. I think people are really going to enjoy it. There's a lot of funny things in the book and there's a lot of hard heartwarming things in the book and the, the trials and tribulations growing up um, and, and the trials and tribulations that my father had to endure being, you know, shot in Cuba and, and, and 
the Uruguayan embassy saving his life and coming into the United States with two bullets in the stomach and washing cars in the D.C. area. And the owner of the dealership said, what's all the red crap on the front of this guy's shirt? And he brought my father up and he said, I got shot two weeks ago. And he was washing cars literally 10 days after he got shot. Those great examples are the reason I think that we we garnered so much respect in the cigar industry. And um, yeah, I always look up to my dad and, and seeing all the things that he did. What a phenomenal example it was. And trust me, when I was a little kid, he was a truck driver. And he'd always tell me I was nine years old. And he'd always say, Nicky, you're the man of, of the house. And I was the toughest nine-year-old. I would say, nobody's going to take advantage of my little brother, Billy, and nobody's going to take advantage of my mom. And I worked hard. You know, I started pitching papers at 10 years old. And I talk about my, my whole life and I, 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 I trust people will find it very interesting and enjoy the book. Nick, I think it's a great thing you're doing with that. You know, um, I, I've been asked by my kids cause I have a lot of stories about my dad and they're not documented. I don't have like interviews or anything I've done with him. I, and they want me to write a book to get these stories documented for their kids. Um, we've been told also from people who we've interviewed in the cigar industry that they wish these podcasts were around like 10, 15 years ago with, with their fathers could have told a lot of these stories and they're not, they're not available. So obviously I don't think, you know, there were podcasts when your dad was alive. This is a great thing that not only can you bring your story, but the family story for generations where it will be recorded down there in, in, in writing. So I think it's a great thing you're doing there. Well, thank you. I mean, my grandchildren, I have two two granddaughters. One's eight months old, one's two years old. Their college is paid for. Judy and I were blessed that we were able to do that. But I also want them to understand the work ethic and yeah. the trials and tribulations and the sweat factor that we had to do. You know, Janine and I were, you know, living with, we had nothing, you know, literally nothing. We didn't buy any new clothes. We were we lived very meagerly. Every penny that we ever had, we reinvested in our tiny business and kept building it. And a lot of people have done that in America and all around the world. But it's good for people to know about it, the risk of uh, being gullible, being ripped off. I mean, there's a numerous amount of stories of what I went through in life and the times I served in the military and so on and so on. Yeah. And I think uh, I think people are really going to enjoy it. I actually have David Garofalo. He did the foreword of the book. He's somebody I really respect. And I talk about a lot of my friends. I've been very blessed. I, I still have friends that I've been friends with since I was seven years old that I still keep in contact with. And um, I've had a very special life, and I hope people enjoy when they read a little bit about it. I think I'm going to help a lot of young entrepreneurs and people that want to get in business. I think I'm going to help a lot of grandfathers and grandparents grandmothers and parents for their grandchildren and their children to show them that they can do it also. I think it's, yep. uh, I think people are going to find it very interesting. Yeah. I look forward to Thank it. Um, for sure. I mean, Thank we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be yeah, reading it. I'm sure we'll do a show on it when, when it happens. So yes. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. You guys will definitely get a copy and I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to I it. I am too. Yeah. This I, is great. You were Thank talking you. about your granddaughters for a second, and and you know I know you hope for more grandchildren, and, and may God bless you on that. I hope I hope you are. I, I I've always, I've said Thank this you. to you, Nick. I've I've, I've commented this. Uh, you know, um, grand you know, grandfather looks good on you. Yeah, you know, well, I appreciate. It's, I love it's it. Brought, you know, yeah, I really. It's love brought it. such My a great side out of you. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's 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 made me a softy. David will tell you about it when you have grandchildren and all the guys out there. 
that her grandfathers and grandmothers will tell you how special it was. A couple of weeks ago, my, my granddaughter, Stella, said, pop up. I said, yes, Stella. And she said, you know, I love you. And she was only two years old. And, and I literally felt like a deck of cards when she said that. And, uh, and Janine and I are just really enjoying being grandparents. And um, it's really a blessing from above from God to be able to do that. My dad always said, if, jokingly, if he knew how much fun grandchildren were, he would have skipped us. And when you have grandkids, you guys are young. But when you have them, it'll really change your life. And the people out there, that are listening that are grandparents know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it's yeah. such a blessing. And uh, we had our Christmas party today at Perdomo Scars in Miami and, and the granddaughters came over and let me tell you, Janine, I had a smile from ear to ear. It's uh, you know, it's okay. another stage in your life. I mean, I love the cigar industry more than I've ever loved it. My passion hasn't cut back for it for a second. I think I traveled just as much as I've, I've traveled with not only our sales team, but, going out to visit stores and you know with social media and everything and podcasts like you guys have Coop and Bear you know a lot of people get to know a lot about us and one of the greatest you know my greatest title is certainly not president it's dad and grandpa to be quite honest with you mm-hmm. and I'm proud that that you know that I can be both of them but um, it's funny you know people people not only enjoy our cigars people enjoy that we're a family run company and how important family it is family is to me. And I think most people really have a high respect for that. And I'm thankful for that and thankful for them for bringing that up to me all the time. I could tell you, yeah. Nick, um, before we kind of got to really know each other, you know, I obviously followed you on social media for years and that was something that always, um, I saw those posts and I looked at it and sometimes I looked at myself as a father and a son how can I do better? And I see those types of things. Um, it, you, you sharing that, I can honestly say has had an impact. I mean, I think Barry, you would agree as well. Yeah. No, yeah. I, a thousand percent. I, yeah. Yeah. I, it just going a back lot. To, yeah. Just going back to your story and, you know, your, your grandchildren. And like you said, Stella's only two right now, you know, but there's going to be a, in just a few short years, she'll be in school and she'll be learning about math reading and writing along the way she's going to learn some history and she's going to run across a concept in history class called the american dream and she's going to be able to look at her family and know that 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 one that is possible one that is doable one you she is a living she is a living testimony to the to the american dream and i mean that I can't imagine what source of pride that is for you and Jenny. Well, thank you for that. And listen, I see how, how close you are to your children, uh, bear. And I see how close the the coop is, um, with his family and look, family's very important. And, and so are your friends for that matter. But, um, I see how you love your kids and I love my kids very much. And I love my grandchildren very much. And, um, I have to be a good example to all of them also. And I want to be a good example to, to everybody in youth. You know, I, I was writing a chapter that I just in a book that I didn't, I wasn't blessed enough to go to college. My parents didn't have the money, but the same token, I feel that I was very lucky that I didn't go to college either because outside of being a lawyer, doctor, nurse, or an engineer, 
Um, I think you can't take away from education, but when professors are starting to talk today about their personal opinions and their political beliefs, I certainly didn't want to go to college to listen to that garbage. I want to go to college to learn. And this indoctrination that we're seeing in these universities today has been it's been deplorable for our youth. And I think that they have to learn that it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work to be able to prosper. And you're not deserving of everything. You have to earn every bit of it. And um, I think that's that's what's really important. You know, um, my kids have told me the stories about the indoctrinations and the oh. universities they've gone to and personal opinions. And I think it makes it really scary. And I think it doesn't teach our youth well. I think that the, the, the best values you're going to get are from your mom and dad and 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 good people that are that are line extensions of your family, not what some stupid professor talks about. And I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for guys that teach. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. Personal opinions have nothing to do with what you're learning about. I pay for my kids to learn about math and science and so on, not about personal opinions. And I find it to be kind of risky and dangerous today. I, I Nick, I just like I said, I have I have one more left in college and, and I believe me, I've I've my son Peter, who graduated last year, I mean, when I was hearing the stories, I was horrified. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah I, was, I really was. Like when he was telling me, like, yeah, it's this the learning. He's like, it's one thing. It's that it's one thing. Learning is one thing, but but he felt exactly what you were saying. Um, and he's probably a little more liberal than we we you know he's much more you know younger, but he he didn't like it. He was very disenchanted with it. Is what he you know he said to me. Yeah, because they're 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 there to study and, and learn about yeah. the subjects that they're they're yeah. eventually gonna major in. I don't I don't need to hear some guy telling my son that he should think this way or think yeah. that way. Yeah, he, he that, resented that, my son. Yeah. He was not yeah, happy about that. You know, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, the people that are successful are bad. No, people are successful. A lot of them had to work really hard and put in a lot of hours. Yeah. And there's no doubt that that a successful person's greatest asset if he's blessed enough to have a great workforce, is his workforce. And I, I give credit to my, personally, I give credit to my wife and what she did with my children. And I give a lot of credit to my workforce. You know what I mean? Um, yep. My job was to be able to mold my workforce and try to make them better. But I think the mark of a great CEO in business is to make their people better than them and become almost irrelevant. I know a lot of CEOs, don't want to hear that, but that's a fact because Ronald Reagan said something one time. It was really true. It doesn't matter who gets the credit. It matters when the job gets done. And like I said earlier, the thing I'm most proud of is what type of father I was to my children, what type of grandfather I was to my grandchildren. And hopefully I was a great husband to my wife and provided for her and did the best I can. I think in my grave, when I die, I think those are the things that I'm I should be most proud of. I mean, I'm glad that I've been able to produce a great business. It's, it's produced a, a tremendous amount of jobs, not only here in America, but in Nicaragua for distribution all around the world where a lot of people have been able to eat. I'm, I'm proud of that. Don't mis mistake me for a second for that. But uh, there's a lot of important things and important facets in the world to make you a better person. And um, I was blessed. I think I had great examples from my mother and father in doing that. And I understand exactly what you're saying, too. Yeah, no, it's, uh, but I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, Bear, I have a couple more fun things to end up with Nick with. Is there anything we wanted to hit? Um, no, no. I've, no yeah, let's, okay. let's keep rolling. 
for sure. Okay, so Nick, a uh, couple fun things. Not that this wasn't fun. This was great, but a couple uh, things I just wanted to um, mention. So Nick, you are what I've always known. You were a music fan, but you are a concert. You and Janine are like concert. I mean, I see you at concerts all the time, and uh, you guys love it. It's a beautiful thing to say. You go, you guys go into these concerts of a, of all these bands that I grew up with. It's, it's a it's a great thing to see both of you is really enjoying that. Yeah, we love to go to concerts and listen to great music. And uh, we're big fans of the 70s and 80s and the late 80s, too, to say the yep. least. And yep. uh, we try to we try to catch a lot of shows. We uh, we're lucky enough to see you, two at the Sphere and in, in, in Las Vegas. That was a great show. We just saw Ann oh, Wilson from, from Heart. We uh, we just saw John Waite from the Babies. John. Um, we've been we've been trying to see everybody we, we we can we can see and uh, even some country music bands we went to see Zach Brown I'm I'm trying to get into that because my son-in-law Andrew's a big country music fan and uh, yeah that's something we enjoy we 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 really like one of the concerts yeah. I, I like going to some of the smaller venues me too yeah yeah they're more intimate of where you go to these big shows and it's just so many yeah. people and. Um, yeah, but that's 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 one of the things we we really enjoy seeing. We just uh, who do we see? We saw Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, we saw Lionel Weir, Richie. We've seen all kinds of guys, and I like all different types of music. Yeah. To be honest with you, uh, yeah. outside of rap and hip hop, I can pretty much listen to anything. The, one of my favorite, uh, I think Janine might have shot the video of it. You were at the Duran Duran concert. Yeah. And and you're, I'm a big Duran Duran guy, and I'm like Nick Perdomo's into Duran Duran. This how cool is this? I'm like watching this, uh, yeah. So I was like, that was just one of the examples that I like when I thought it. I'm like, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, I who hope, couldn't like us? Who couldn't like girls? You know, I mean, they they got so are, many great songs. They were they were really they were phenomenal. I mean, these guys are you know my age and they're still rocking it out. It's, they're, they're, it's pretty awesome. Simon yeah. hasn't lost his voice. He's in not his at all. Forty years, his voice sounds the same. Yeah, it's, I saw McCart. I saw McCartney. He was phenomenal. He played three and a half hours. Uh, we've seen all kinds of shit. Rowan Orzabal from Tears for Fears still sounds phenomenal. Oh, I was going to do a whole Tears for Fears thing with Nicholas actually. Um, and uh, he knows like, he knows Tears for Fears better than me. You want to talk? Oh, about I know that <laughs> a music encyclopedia. That's my son. Oh my goodness, his Tears for Fears. I thought I knew Tears for Fears till I met Nicholas. Nick, I don't have anything on Nicholas. Nicholas is no. absolutely the authority on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's um. That's. And I'll real. tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a crazy thing too. I I love music, and I'm a drummer, and I went to the Pasic Fair with a friend of mine who, uh, Jerry Goldenson, who who runs you know eight. KHS Music, one of the biggest, biggest right. music companies in the world, and, and seeing all these great drummers and all these musicians and how many of them enjoy and smoke cigars. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty touching. I, I was going down, I was down in Mickey Blaine's in, in Indianapolis. Oh, in I know that's the cigar bar. Yeah, on the yeah, and it, yep. I, I, you would have thought I was a rock star. All these drummers were coming up to me, talking to me, and from all different genres of music, Jeff Hamilton and jazz to to some of the greatest rock and roll drummers. And uh, it was touching. It was great because everybody's a fan of something, right? I mean, <clears throat> it's what you like. And sometimes I have to pinch myself. You know, people, I want to take a picture with you. But, you know, I get it. They they really enjoy cigars. And I enjoy that they love my passion and what I do. It's what a win I got. You know, people tell me, do you still enjoy traveling? I go, are you kidding me? Outside of security and TSA, what a blast. I mean, I go to a, 
I go to cigar stores. Everybody is joyous. They're so happy to see yeah. you. They talk reminisce stories with, with a lot of them you've seen, you not seen maybe in 10 or 15 years. And they remember like it was yesterday. They were talking to you. So what, what a blessed guy I am when you really think about it, you know, and seeing right. all these guys out here listening to us on this podcast, really appreciative of that. Um, I mean, Honestly, I feel like sometimes I have to pinch myself how blessed I am. No, it it it's it's a beautiful thing. Like I said, I I love watching you and Janine kind of like uh just kind of reliving and I see this, I see reliving a lot of these bands that I grew up with and love and uh Sure. It, it was it was a one Who's the best backstage appearance like best best backstage uh experience you had? I think the best best backstage appearance was with Kiss. Um, very nice guys. Um, got to hang around. Just did backstage with John Waite. Um, he was a very nice guy. It was kind of funny. I said, you know, the last time I saw you was 1983. I was in the Navy, and I, I saved $9.75 to see you in Scandal at the Jacksonville Coliseum. He goes, I remember that. I opened up for her, and it was the first time I've ever been to Florida. And I wanted to be the headliner, but I told Patty Smythe she could be the headliner. And I go, you remember that? And he goes, yeah. You know, you're talking 1983. You're talking, you know, 40 years ago, you know, over 40 years ago that that we were, you know, something like that. It was a hell of a long time ago. And he remembered we were talking. He was talking to Janine. And there are some great guys <clears throat> that are out there that, that we've gone backstage and, and just been really nice. You know, I'm not a fanboy. Um, to me, I'm a fan of these people that are listening to me speaking right now. The people, the people that put food on my table. One of the nicest guys was Alice Cooper. What a friendly, nice guy. Um, you know, very Christian, just a, just a sweetheart of a guy. It's you know, it's a show, and he was very reserved. And we were talking, and he couldn't have been kinder than what he was. And you look at Alex Cooper. You know, Alex Cooper. You say to yourself, "Wow, is he crazy?" No, quite the opposite. So. Yeah. I've met some some great musicians and great people in my life. And being in the cigar industry, you meet so many great people. Peter Frampton, what a nice man he was when we went back there. And, uh, you know, the, the singer from Journey, um, oh, God, uh, Anil, uh, I forgot what his name, short little guy, sounds just like Steve Perry. Right, I right, gave, Anil Panada. Yeah. yeah, Anil Panada, what a nice guy. And I gave him a cigar, and he was like, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. I'm going to smoke this after the show and blah, blah, blah. And you just meet such such really nice people. You know, in, in life, Coop, I think if you're nice, people are nice for the most part. And these guys, that, and look, I could tell you some guys that I haven't been too, uh, too impressed with. And I just don't understand. You know, the people that love what you do, you should honor them because you should be appreciative because they're the ones who put food on your table. A lot of these guys think they're God. You know, um, friend of mine went backstage just recently, saw the Gypsy Kings and we were hanging out with them on a rooftop in downtown Miami. And we're all dancing together and drinking together with the Gypsy Kings. And a friend of mine, Fausto Cuevas, who's one of the greatest percussions in the world, invited me to the show. And we hung out with them backstage and we're drinking and dancing the night in Miami. I mean. What a what an opportunity! We're all smoking cigars with the Gypsy Kings. It was it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. No, it was it was it was great. Is there is there a bucket list concert you still you guys want to still go to? 
Populous concert. I'd have to ask Gene. You know, I've saw just about everybody you could possibly see. You know, well, what what's your bucket list, Gene? Yeah, my wife is a big Carly Simon fan, but I don't think she's she's touring much right now. No, she's kind of cut back. She passed on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for some personal reasons. She was supposed when she got inducted, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but we've seen so many shows. I mean. You know, I'd I'd be excited to see you know this revamp Van Halen group with Sammy Hagar, who I'm a big fan of, and Joe Satriani and, and John Bonham's son. Um, I heard they're getting back together. Look, nothing's like Eddie Van Halen. I was a huge oh, fan. Oh, he was a, oh, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, he was phenomenal. But you know, a lot of great guys in that in, in that yeah. band talking about coming back out. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Look, all the old bands are what's 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 in. You know, they're. <clears throat> new tour coming out with Def Leppard and Journey and and Cheap Trick and all these guys coming out on a stadium tour. I'm not a big stadium fan, but I love all those bands. I, maybe yeah. I'll, I'll go and catch a show and <clears throat> and see them. We too. have but the I'm cheap a, we have the cheap trick connection, Nick, so we can make that happen. So something maybe. <laughs> oh, I, I I bet you can. You do have the cheap trick, uh, and he's a, he's a, he's a nice guy too, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I but I really I enjoy music. It's one of my hobbies. You know, I'm a drummer, and and I really like going to concerts. Yeah. You know, uh, I got a friend of mine named Mike Mangini who was a drummer for Dream Theater. Well, that's a great uh, band for, yeah. for many years. And, yeah. and Mike and I were at, at a Pearl a Pearl Drums had a thing in Nashville just recently, and you know he's a big cigar lover, and we were you know we're smoking Perdomos there with a bunch of great drummers. Met a lot of guys in Nashville. They're not only Pearl artists, but different artists around. I went to a barbecue joint in Nashville, and a bunch of the drummers recognized me because, honestly, there's so many great musicians that smoke cigars. And, uh, you know, I could go over one of the best studio drummers in the world is a guy named Nier Z, who's uh, uh, played with everybody from Billy Squire to John Mayer and to, to, to Genesis and big cigar lover, too. And um, it's great meeting these cats that you look up to and, and, and what they do. And then they come up to you and say, "Boy, I'm a big fan of what you do." It's it's uh, it's mind boggling to say the least. That's for sure. No, it's great. It's great. So awesome. I love seeing it. Yeah. All right. To wrap up, Nick, I'm going to wrap up with a tri- our trivia segment, our American history right. trivia segment. And and you're you're. I think this one plays into you. Uh, and that's always brought to you by Rockefeller Cigars. At Rockefeller Cigars, the journey began with a simple yet powerful vision to create affordable luxury to transcend social boundaries. They wanted to offer a premium product that embodies the spirit of entrepreneurship while remaining accessible to men and women of all walks of life. Inspired by the resilience of the American spirit during the Great Depression, the Rockefeller Cigar stands as a testament to the unwavering determination and pursuit of excellence. So I only ask this question to Bear, and Bear, you can answer it as well. But okay. you, you, Nick, you were an air traffic controller. And the air traffic controllers are, are part of the FAA, correct? Yes. They, yeah. Okay. So the question I have for you guys is, under what president was the FAA formed? I don't know. Whoever he was to screw that one up. But... <laughs> Which year it is? Which year it is? <laughs> F- FDR? I don't know. The Bear, you want, it was that FDR. Bear, you want to take a shot at it? Oh and yeah, it's it was in nineteen uh, nineteen fifty nineteen fifty eight. He's so, like so, green man, this guy. Yeah, it's so, who is it? Uh, it was nineteen fifty eight. So that was that was Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower. Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower. Yeah, Eisenhower was a bit was big on was big on transportation. He wanted to rebuff the entire transportation uh, of 
basically arena for the United States. That's why the Highway Act, and that's why all the uh, interstate system was created under him. And then he also wanted to, re, you know, he just he wanted to make the the, the whole point. That what Eisenhower wanted to do is he wanted to connect America, um, and so he created the interstate system and, and he formed the FAA with the the Federal Aviation Act, uh, so of the same name, so the same abbreviation. So, um, and the idea was to basically to create an infrastructure that would would foster a, a culture of, of of travel because what he found you know what he found over the over the years was you know um in, in his service in the military is he he met all of these young men from all different walks of life and all different and they had never seen they were they were fighting and dying on the front lines for their country and they had never seen some of the great the great wonders and the great sights of their own country. And that was like the inspiration for, uh, behind it was that, you know, he wanted to connect the country to itself so that we could truly understand the, the greatness of the country. It's very, it's, it's very poetic and very lofty um, and considering it. So that, that was, that was the purpose of the, you know, Kim creating the interstate um, system and, and the infrastructure and then the FAA was to, was to also bolster as well. My opinion, he should have also helped improve the railroads too, but that's just selfish on my yeah. part, but that's yeah, fine. No, but uh, so. I was proud. I was, a, I was a employee of the FAA for 14 years. What do you guys think about the trade show uh, starting in March next year, a little earlier? It, it's a little early for my liking, but the, the industry seems to want it, okay? I think the only it's a bad time for us, so I'm selfish, because we have a lot of stuff going on in the first quarter. But in general, I think the industry's been receptive to it. So I think we have to go with it. I think so, too. And it helps a lot of the retailers, especially in the northeast and the cold areas, where they can start doing some of their buying a little early to get ramped up for, you know, you talk March, toward the end of April, beginning of May is where the industry really, really starts kicking in cigars. So what that does is it gets those guys an in-stock position with products. So it, it'll be a nice change. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, the industry uh, was very good to us. We grew double digits in 2023, thanks to you all. And um, we've been blessed. I think the industry is uh, is doing well. We have, you know, we have our... You know, we have our hills to climb. This administration is definitely not cigar lovers, just to, to, to say the very least. But no. um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2024. I hope we can uh, curb this inflation and get this economy turned around. Um, I love my country. Unfortunately, I'm not really happy with this administration, to say the least. But, you know, um, hey, listen, the one thing I do count on is I count on the resiliency of the American people, and hopefully we can turn this thing around and get rid of some of these numbskulls that we got in the office right now. And I'm sure people out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, no, but we look, like I said, definitely look forward to seeing you guys in Vegas for sure. Yeah. We're, we're excited about that. Um, and uh, like I said, it's a, you know, it's great. Well, um, I'll probably see you before that, which is, which is good too. So um, we got to get, we got to get, we got to get bear out to Nicaragua. We we do we, we, we do uh, we really yeah, do. Bears one of Bears one of the few guys in the podcast world who haven't been to who hasn't been on a Pernomo factory tour, which is very unique. Yeah. Bear and I know yeah. you love cigars. We got to get you back on the on the bandwagon here yeah. real soon. 
they, oh, it's for sure for sure we'll, it, it, we'll, we'll roll with the gofundme man <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out we will work it out but uh it ain't, yeah, it ain't no, that bad I'm, there. I'm excited no it, it's great no uh, no not at all no it's, it's just it, a, yeah the, the timing yeah. and everything for sure but yeah no I, something i'm excited about uh, uh coop's been talking it up for years and i, I mean the first time he talked about it, i was foaming at the mouth i well, just know and i've and i've done events with you nick and 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 those are those are those are an educational experience in itself. I can't imagine being on ground zero with y'all. Like that's, yeah. that's just, yeah, yeah it'll be it, a dream. Yeah. It's really, like I said, it's, I've been on a lot of them and they all bring a different charm, but this one, uh, this is like going to undergraduate and graduate school in four days. And, uh, you're going to get an education. Like, like these guys promised me I was going to get an education. I got an education. Believe me. Yeah. It was, it was fan- And it was a lot of fun. That was the other thing. We had a lot of fun with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I know, I know. Yeah, Nick, we, but, yeah, it was great. We had such, we had such a great crowd tonight on on the show, and we did. I just want, I want to thank everybody for for we hanging did. out and staying up a little late and uh, listen to Coop and I and Bear talk. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. I sure did. I do. I mean, we appreciate you coming Always in. Always a like, great time. Look, what we do, people, things happen. Like human nature happens. Sometimes people do have to, you know, not able to do a show, and we totally understand. And you guys called me. I was actually in a, in a meeting, and right after I, I actually ran off the call in a meeting when I saw your call. Um, and it was, um, like I said, you didn't have to do that. We and it's not taken for granted. It was really appreciated. And no, I, I appreciate appreciate you guys having me. My son Nicholas felt so bad. He, he and I said, Oh Nicholas, gosh, you're so, you're so sick. They don't understand. He, he, we'll have he, more he fun when he's one hundred percent. Yeah, we have. He of course, but but it, it just shows his character. He was just uh he's yeah, like oh, dad, I feel so bad. So I said, Don't worry, I'm gonna call them up, I'm gonna come on the show and and yeah. with the you know, the, the show must go on. So I'm glad to be here and I'm I'm thankful for you guys for, for having me and, and, and all the consumers out there and retailers that listen tonight. I, I saw yeah. you know 60 plus almost the whole night i think that's pretty good for a podcast yeah so. we were competing with another one tonight too with uh and and to have these numbers were great yeah so uh um, who were who were we competing against if you don't soccer. mind me soccer oh come on yeah uh, well you did yeah you, the numbers were that like you were the Perdomo army showed up there tonight as well to say well, yeah, Domo army <laughs> you, know, you army. guys did a- you guys did a great job too, and I well, thank you for having me. Yeah, and a uh, special thanks to Janine. I know she got the word out and everything. Uh, no one does it better. Um, and uh, you know, uh, hats off to Janine too. So we we really appreciate that as well. Well, thank you. I'll, I'll definitely pass on. She's listening right in front of me right here. Yeah, she's great. She said thank you guys too. No, we appreciate it. Um, so Nick, first of all, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year. Um, to all you and your family. Um. Thank you for everything you have been doing for us and continue to do for us. Um, our show is successful uh, for, with people like you guys. We can't do it without you guys, and we we really appreciate it. It's not taken for granted, believe me. Well, I feel the same exact way. Thank you for having me. And I wanted to wish you guys and everybody that's listening a, a very Merry Christmas yep. and, a, and a blessed New Year. And uh, I promise you one thing from Perdomo Cigars, we're going to keep satisfying your palates. Uh, our team is working very hard on that, and uh, we just have a phenomenal team, not only here in Miami, but but all across the globe here. And uh, we're as fired up as ever to, uh, to have a great 2024 with some phenomenal cigars for our retailers, our consumers all around North America. Yeah, 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, Nick, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you before the trade show. I know we talked to when I'm down in Florida. I'll definitely, uh, hopefully we can connect. Um, Please do. Yep. I uh, always love coming into the, I always love coming into, uh, the headquarters. So in, it's like a home there too. I mean, so, you know, we love it there. So thank you, Nick, very much. Thank you guys. You guys have a great night. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. And Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas, to the Christmas per- Merry Christmas to your family and the Purdue Army as well. We really appreciate the Purdue Army coming out tonight. Thank you guys. All right. Take care, Nick. Be Thank safe. You. Good night, guys. All Thank right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, that is Nick Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars. Um, great job, Bear. I mean, that was a great job. We, we, you know, yeah. we, I was a little worried because you don't mean with prep. I was like, I got to be prepped for Nick. You know, too. But uh, it was great. So uh, thanks for your uh, input and flexibility as well on this. Absolutely, Nick. Uh, Coop, I think they. How about Nick's, that? Nick's. Yeah. Yeah, no, Nick, Nick's, Nick's always bringing the best uh, information. And like the, 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 the idea about his book is so exciting. Oh, my goodness. That was big news tonight. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I think that's that's probably that's probably the thing. I, biggest takeaway for me from this interview tonight was just the fact that um, he's he's putting down the story of his family. Uh, it's it's something that, um, you know, it's that it's that infamous coup, that infamous quote from one of my favorite movies it's the it's Moneyball you know it says how yeah. can you not be romantic about baseball how can you not be romantic about cigars when you hear the Perdomo story his father what yeah. he shared a little bit of that tonight you know I, I I've heard that a couple of times it's still fucking astounding every yeah. time I hear it like 10 days later the guy the man gets shot what an, leaves yeah, his I, home country yeah. he's washing cars and it with two bullets in them. I mean, it's yeah. dude. I, yeah. I mean, you just people don't understand today in 2023. People don't understand the turmoil, yeah, that people went through and still are going through to get to this country. Yeah. And you know, for all the fracturing that our country has, and I'm not going to get political on a coup, but the with all our fracturing that we have in this country today, you know, this is still, yeah, still this is still the the grail this is still yeah. the promised land for so many people in the world yeah. and and there's there's stories going on right now right in this country that in 30 years they're going to be in the same position nick is there's yeah. the the american dream is a real thing and yeah, he's living proof of it like i said i really regret you know you know i had a conversation with david garofalo when i was up there last year and you remember david garofalo he interviewed his mother yeah Mm-hmm. And Great he story. got some he got some flack for that. And I was talking to Dave about it. I said, Dave, the biggest regret I made is I never did that with my father because the stories he has are I could have gotten them documented directly from his voice. Right. And I said to Dave, I said, that was um, a great thing you did. I'm glad you did did it. And, uh, you know, um, it would have inspired me to do the same thing. Had I, you know, my dad been alive, I would have probably did it with him afterwards. Um, but that's I never why I understood some... it. Yeah, I never understood why he caught shit for that. I um, never got it. I, I don't, you know, people just, you know, people have a way of just kind of throwing darts sometimes, and it's just like, guys, you know, you don't understand. And yes, it was on a cigar show, but you know, it's that's Dave's life is cigars, and ultimately, yeah. Dave's life, right. is, you know, came from his mother, you know. So of course, you're gonna it, do that. Um, I think, and, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. the most beautiful thing. Like, I think that that's, I mean, again, that's like the, yeah. 
Yeah. I know we're on special edition here, Coop, but I mean, I think that's that's exactly what I try to accomplish on a lot more takes is that these are people, and they have a very unique story yeah. to tell. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's you know, we it, 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 sometimes yeah. there's there's beautiful stories within them. So yeah, we we've talked about El Oso from our takes being the human side of the cigar business, and you bring some of that into this interviews, which I think why it works well with the special edition format to have you do that because. We do need to incorporate some of that, but I think you know, as far as a, a full brand goes, also for Martex is the only show I've seen that that gets that human side of this. I mean, the, that you I've seen questions you've asked that I would have never thought to ask some of these questions. Uh, even tonight, you know, just some of the follow up you did was really really good. So, um, this book is I'm very excited about this book. Um, Nick Hammond, yeah. by the way, is is a great writer. I've read a couple of his books. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like to maybe get him on a show at some point. Um, I didn't. I did not know about this project till tonight, and I'm I, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, totally, I'm, I'm totally stoked. I'm, I'm, yeah, I have a, I have a book. I'm, I'm thinking of writing on the cigar industry. It's a, it's completely different though than what, and uh, you know, it probably won't be out for a long time. So, uh, I probably have to get a little more time on my hands before I can take it on. But, but yeah, it will be something uh, different. But I, I'm always intrigued when when our industry starts authoring and doing those types of things. So I think we need more of that. All sure. right. So Bear, why don't we get into our next segment here? Um, we have a couple of segments, then we'll do a wrap up. Uh, a couple of things. Um, let's get into our Espinosa this day in sports history. Uh, brought to you by Espinosa Cigars, uh, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinosa, 601, and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day, and get into Arizona's state of mind. I added that, I've added that part in recently, so. All right. Nice. All right, so we have, a couple, we have some questions. Um, I have one, and you have two. Um, mm-hmm. So... I think I know one of yours, and the other one I don't. I'm going to have to probably get a little help with. But all right, so I'm going to start it off. I'm going back okay. to 2010, so it's not that long ago. And this is an NFL this day in history. So Philadelphia's Deshaun Jackson returns a punt for 65 yards for a touchdown mm-hmm. as time expires as the Eagles have a comeback win over the New York Giants, 38-31. Uh, to Go ahead, I'm sorry. I said sorry, Coop. I know they. That's okay. But the Eagles won thirty-eight to thirty-one over the New York Giants, which was the beginning of the decline. Actually, no, it wasn't. The decline (laughs) happened after that. So, uh, but what was significant about that touchdown there? I I really love that you have this question, Coop. I saw this game live, and they were were saying my heart. (laughs) They were saying they were saying it on the broadcast, and I said, "Don't fucking kick it to this guy. Don't kick it to him." And what did they do? They kicked it to Top him. Coppola should have fired the special yard. teams coach on the spot after that one. <laughs> yeah, remember Coughlin's was, reactions? Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, un- unbelievable play, yeah. unbelievable. Deshaun Jackson is one of uh, was one of my favorite players to watch. Um, you know, looks the, the last decade. Absolutely, he's a great, great player. Um, uh, Eagles and Redskins, and I think he made a couple of other teams, but I know it was Eagles and Redskins he played for. But what was yeah. significant about that touchdown, Bear? It's the only time in uh, American football history that a uh, punt returned for a touchdown ended a game. I know it was the first. I don't know if it happened again after that, but but it was, yeah, a punt return. Like a punt. That thing should have been just kicked out of bounds at that point. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know what they were thinking <laughs> that day. 
But I mean, I know Coughlin was going to die after that, yeah. Guy could have ran back, uh, ran the the clock out, I and mean, there weren't that many seconds left. The guy could have ran the clock out and ran back for a safety. They were up. Yep. yep. They were up by more. They were they were up by um, how many points were they up by? I forget. They were up by some. I forget how many they were up by. What was the final score? Thirty-eight, thirty-one. They still had to kick the extra no, point because they still had to kick the extra point. He couldn't have done it. He couldn't have done it. He got. He couldn't have gone back for a safety because it was thirty one thirty then. Yeah. No. It would have been yeah. thirty. No, he. It was thirty one thirty one when it when when that happened. Oh, it was tight. Yeah, it was a tight game. Yeah. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. He, there's no way he could have ran back for a safety. Sorry. See, my own strategy's off. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But yeah, there was. Yeah, he could have done. Oh yeah, kick it yeah. out of bounds, man. Yeah. The offense beat you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, I mean, we did win another Super Bowl after that, but um. Later, you know, in the next year, but, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was horrendous. That was horrendous. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable play, though. Unbelievable yeah. play. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't blame Kyle. He should have fired the special teams coach that day. So, should have, should could have, would have. Yep. But that was the NFL yeah. one. Now you have a couple here. Yeah, I do. So let's go with 1961. Yeah. This legendary athlete who also was an ordained minister, was born on this day in 1961. All right, I'm going to take a shot at this, and I think I'm wrong. Evander Holyfield? No, that's incorrect. Okay. This is the one I, I'm not 100% sure of, yeah. This is my guy, Coop. This is my guy. This is the reason I am a Green Bay Packers fan, Mr. Reggie oh, White. Oh, Reggie White, the minister of defense. Reggie White. The, the minister. minister of defense was born. Rest in peace. Was born on this day in 1961. You know, I gotta admit, when Reggie White came on board, like when he kind of came into the NFL, um, I hated him because he was on the oh, Eagle. He was an Eagle, of course. Yeah, one course, he was yeah. the Eagle, and the other thing is he was challenging, um, he was challenging Lawrence Taylor, who I'm not a personal fan of Lawrence Taylor. I'll be completely honest with you, okay, um. But he, uh, you know, he was challenging him for that. Um, what's that? You know, that that um, that best player, best defensive player. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't. He um, he actually did. Play, you know, he went to. Uh, you know, he started out in the USFL. I remember, and the mm-hmm. Eagles got him out of the USFL. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, he he basically got tired of Rich Kotite and. He went to Green Bay, and uh, he was on that Super Bowl team. Do you know where he finished his right, career uh, up there? Do you know where he, remember he finished his career up? In none other than Charlotte, North Carolina, for the Carolina Panthers. Yep, playing for. Oh, he was on that. He was on that George Secret disaster team. I think bro- broke my fucking heart. Yeah, he came back. Yeah, he, he took that year off and came back. That was, that was bad. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, he should have never did that. Um, and, uh, he, he, you know, he, uh, he was amazing to play though. He was amazing to watch. God, he was amazing. He was, he was he, the big guy, 300 pounds, man, working he, the ends with great, great strength and speed. Like he, he was fast and he was quick. Yep. You know, Bruce Allen, uh, Bruce Allen, uh, Bruce, Bruce Smith Smith. may hold the, the, the sacks, the rec, the sacks record and stuff, but there will net and there was, there's certainly more dynamic pass rushers in today's game. The fat, the speed, and everything. Yeah. The way that they use outside linebackers and the way that they're running three four. There's certainly, and you know, the 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 birth of the edge rusher rusher and everything. 
There are certainly more dynamic players to watch from an excitement standpoint, but there will never be a greater defender than than Reggie White. For he had the entire package, man. You know, there's there's some all time great defenders. You know, there's there's the Dick Butkuses and you know, um, you know, your your Ronnie Lotts and you know Kevin Green, who was actually a Green Bay Packer too. Like, you know, there I mean, there are some amazing all-time defenders. And I know Charles Haley. I mean, there there are so many, so many players, and I and I know I'm naming some fringe guys too, but I mean there's some all-time greats. Lawrence Taylor certainly up there as well. Different, but he played a different uh, position than Reggie too. Mike yeah. Mike's Mike Singletary played a different position. And like there's some really again, there are some all-time greats that have played defense in in the NFL history. Yeah. Um but man, nobody nobody played his position with g- more grace, speed, power, tenacity. He was just nasty. Just filthy. Just filthy and he was unbelievable. God, he was go- God, he was gorgeous to watch, man. I love I loved every moment of every game that I ever got to watch him play. It yeah. was, it, it was just sure, pure, you know, now I look back at him, wow, he was just great. Yeah. 300 pounds, Coop. 300 fucking pounds yeah. coming yeah. off the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. Good job there. That was a good one. All right. I got one more for you, Coop. You ready for this? This one I think I know, but go ahead. Okay. This infamous trophy was stolen from Rio de Janeiro in 1983 on this day. I was just a few days old. Yes. Well, not a few days. I was about I was a couple months old. I was a couple yeah. months old, 1983. So 40 years ago. This infamous trophy was stolen from Rio de Janeiro. And I believe it was the second time it was actually stolen. I think it was stolen years before that. But um it was the Jules Rome trophy. Right? That's correct, which oh, is which what? is the What's FIFA the World Cup, which is the FIFA World Cup trophy. Correct. It was stolen so, from the Brazilian Football Confederation. So I believe it was. Era. So what happened is I believe it was stolen uh, in the '60s. But what happened is when Brazil won the won the FIFA World Cup in 1970, it was their third one. They gave the trophy permanently to Brazil to keep. Mm-hmm. And then, but I think it was actually stolen before Brazil got permanent possession of it, and then it was stolen again in '83. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. correct. Good job, yeah. That was a good. One. That one I thought I knew. And Jules Romay, he was actually a guy who was involved with uh, soccer, or French football. The French Football Association is where that came from. So That's he, correct. yeah. So he was very involved with the starting of the FIFA World Cup and all that. Uh, he was actually a president of FIFA as well. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the Jules Romay Trophy. Yep. Uh, did they get it? Ba- they got it back, right? Did they found it, right? I believe so. Yeah, I yeah. believe they found it. I'm back. not the yeah. biggest soccer fan, so yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, that was Brazil got permanent possession of that trophy. It was a big deal when they got it. I don't remember when they actually got it, but I knew, I knew the story. I remember when this story broke and it happened. It was a big deal uh, when it happened. Yep, but it was uh, it was stolen. Yep, the the Jules Rome trophy. Do you know what it was originally called before that? I actually noticed too. Again, I'm not the biggest. It was, the, it was actually so. called the Victory Trophy beforehand. Mm. So, uh, real, it, real, yeah, pretty, pretty on the nose. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
Good job, man. That was good, good Espinoza this day in sports history trivia. All right. So next, uh, we're going to get into uh, our great things are happening segment. Of course, always brought to you by Tobacco RSA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julia, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. We're going to talk a little more about Tobacco RSA in the final segment. But um, there, um, we have a couple of stories. Uh, do you want me to go first or you go first? I have your story up if you want. Um, go ahead and go ahead and share the screen with my story on there. Yeah, we got to share both. Actually, I, I got to share mine too today. So I, I have yours ready to go. So here it I, is. Coop, I, Coop, you actually stole mine. Oh, well, I have a reason. It, I'm going to tell you why I picked that one. Put it, there's a reason you put why it I in the that. notes first, man. I, I was ready to like I had it picked out, and then I went back to the notes and I saw you picked it already. I was like, oh shit, that's great. Great minds think alike. And now, there's a great, there's but... a reason why I picked that story, and I'll tell you when we get to it. Yeah. All right. So we have this Oklahoma teen overcoming shyness to collect and give away fifty four thousand dollars in toys. What a story this is at this time of the year. I I love I love stories like this, Cube. They still I don't care, man. I don't. They'll never get old. Yep. They'll never get old, and they feel so good when you when you read them. So Reed Markham was just a kid when he learned that some children in his town of McAllister, Oklahoma, didn't have any toys under their Christmas tree. So he was bullied in school, and he remembered the moment very clearly says that he was no stranger to feeling kind of left out because of the way he was treated. And, you know, his parents divorced when he was like seven, and there were people who stepped in to make Christmas time very special for him. And so he never forgot that. And so for whatever the, whatever the reason, the heart, um, you know, whatever the reason or whatever. So he organized this toy drive and his mother, uh, Angie Miller posted a video on Facebook explaining her son's intentions and asked for donations of toys or money to buy toys for, to, for a giveaway that Reed was decided to do as his 4-H project. Love 4-H, by the way, great organization. Have your kids join F, uh, 4-H or FFA. I'm just saying it's good stuff. Um, and there was just this unbelievable response. And so uh, that was seven years ago when he first started this. And so now he's a freshman in college. And he still drives two and a half hours home from his campus in Stillwater to participate in the annual toy drive. And it's in seventh edition this year. And that's Stillwater, so, still, still Oklahoma, right? Stillwater, Oklahoma. So yep. that would be Stillwater is actually a key Oklahoma to, state. Yep. We have Stillwater in the second story to it. So I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. So. 10,000 toys are slated to be handed out this year's giveaway. 10,000 toys, which takes place as a drive through event with eager kids in their back seats, uh, waiting, you know, with their parents and stuff, waiting for to receive a toy. Each kid also receives a pair of socks, some underwear, pants, a shirt, gloves, and a hat, um, in addition to a toy, which so 54,000 toys have been so far given out to kids in McAllister, which unfortunately has a poverty rate. Here's the thing though. This is why this is important. Okay. McAllister, Oklahoma, small town. You're thinking small town. My gosh, why, you know, my goodness. How can so many needy people be in such a small place? Yep. It's unfortunate that the poverty rate is extremely high, extremely high. 24% of families in McAllister, a quarter of the entire population is below the poverty line. Wow. Wow. What have you changed it? Yeah, it's a great story. Look at those toys, too. That's some serious stuff, yeah. And it's great to see something like that organized this time of the year. I didn't realize about the poverty there. Wow, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, twenty four percent, man. That's sick. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's that's another. There's an, there's another comment there, but this let's focus on the. This is about the good news, man. This, this is about great things are happening. This is great things right here, man. Seven years, fifty four thousand toys, ten thousand going to be given out this year, including socks and underwear and clothing for those less fortunate. What a incredible gesture by this young man. It's yeah. Very powerful. I love it. Really nice. Really nice. Good job, Bear. Okay. Um. So my story also comes from a town called Stillwater. Okay, and but it is not Stillwater, Still Stillwater, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Um. It came from Stillwater, Minnesota. And I'm going to pull this one up here to show folks. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. So Stillwater, Minnesota is a town um, which is northeast of St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. And they're hosting the World Snow Sculpting Championships. Now, what, and I'm going to show some pictures. Why this is? Why did I pick this story? When I was up in Minnesota about a year ago, um, I didn't stay very far from Stillwater. Um, and Stillwater, because it's northeast of St. Paul, it's almost near the Wisconsin border. So, uh, which the, 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 the Minnesota Twin Cities isn't far from the Wisconsin border. It's pretty close, right? So, uh, in fact, I think Dave and Matt, Dave Burke, Matt, Ty, and I went to a, uh, a pub to have uh, dinner in the Stillwater area or very close to it. So, when I saw this story, uh, with Minnesota, and I saw it with Stillwater, um, it really caught my attention. And they're hosting a World Snow Sculpting Championships uh, with giant ice art, um, and which this is just some amazing stuff. You can see it there. And it brought I can see this area being ideal for it. You can see it's like these these plains that are out there. Uh, you know, this, the snow's on the ground here. Um, and apparently this is a uh, event. There's a... There's a uh, I'll just say it's a international sculpture uh, association they have that sanctions this. Uh, they bring teams in from all over the world for this bear. It's like uh, they got not just U.S., but uh, they bring people in from Turkey, Finland, France, Wales, Canada, Ecuador. I can see Ecuador because you got some mountains, but but and Mexico. So I'm like, you know, it, it's a it's a big deal. And look at some of these ice sculpture here. They're just this is just some look at this stuff. This is just uh, this is like real. Look at that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's some, uh, it is a big event. It's a big event there. Uh, I'm going to show a couple more to pick. Look at this. This is like, you know what the sad part of this is? Like, it's right frosty to snowman. It's going to melt. Yeah, uh, this takes place thing. in January. So it's, 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 uh, it takes place January 17th to the 21st. I don't know if Matt Ty would get him to do maybe a, a remote or something on this, but I don't know if he will, but, uh, it is. It's actually uh, a website you could go to as well. Uh, we'll put that in the notes where you can click on the website, and uh, it has the whole. It has everything. The World Snow Sculpting Championships here, uh, where you could go check that out. Teams from all over the world. Uh, I'm actually, I actually really want to follow this when it happens. I'm kind of curious to see what wins and everything. So, um, and I just like I said, I love you know. I, I really fell in love when I went to Minneapolis last year. Um, and it was, you know, it's just, uh, it's, I think it's just a beautiful, I just thought this was beautiful to see this stuff. I mean, uh, ice sculptures are one thing. Snow sculptures are, I think, infinitely harder. Yeah, definitely. I, I just, it's unbelievable, man, what the, 
it's unbelievable. What I mean, just the incredible talent, man. I mean, just incredible. I mean, this is this is art. This is art. It's good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Really good show. So I thought this was like I said again, great things are happening here. Um, which this segment will be continuing into 2024 as well. So I'm very excited about that as well. And I want to really thank Tobacco Area Say for uh, their support on this. Uh, as well. I think it's a great segment, unique segment. I know we, we enjoy doing this segment a lot. I've spoken to Raphael and the, the Marion members of the team, and they're happy with it as well. So, uh, despite when Hector sandbagged it last week. <laughs> oh, Hector. Oh, man. That that was entertaining. No, it was fun. We, we love Hector. It's, just, it's, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a good there. All right. So, we got one more segment. We got some miscellaneous, a couple miscellaneous items I want to hit for the final segment. Uh, we may get this show done uh, at a reasonable hour tonight, which is good. Uh, so I just want to mention, of course, uh, our friends at Michael's Tobacco. With just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Eulis, just a quick jump from the DFW airport in Te- Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar into its list of ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCBR board member and now has made Michael's an, a family fair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, hole in one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite bedroom pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and the days of yore. So, Bear, um, I have one industry thing and one non-industry, kind of non-industry thing to wrap this up. Okay, so, um, and I was, so let me kind of first talk about, like, we did last year, or last week, last week, our Cigar Aficionado Prediction Show. Um, and um, I, I, we got, I mean, the reception, by the way, Bear, we got for bringing that show back was, was incredible. I mean, I was really surprised how many people missed it. Uh, I'm being asked about doing the daily reveals like I was doing live. I stopped doing them last year because I really need to focus more on the Coop video piece, which is taking a lot of time. And video is a lot of work, so I, I just can't do both anymore. And I need to put focus on the Coop brand. But we, we will always do the prediction show as long as we can do it. Um, and I just wanted to go through maybe a few of the results we have so far, Bear. Um, what I'm going to do is I will pull up Cigar Aficionado here. We're doing this show. We don't know what the top four or eleven to twenty-five are yet, but I figured we could just kind of uh, take a uh, take a step and see where we are with this bear. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I will bring up uh, the five through ten here, and uh, we'll give some thoughts and perspectives on this. Um, so there they are, bear. There they are. Your your yep. five to ten best cigars of the year. Um, according to Cigar Aficionado. According to Cigar Aficionado. Um, and one of them caught us by surprise. Um, actually, two of them caught us by surprise. One was just missed because we the data wasn't we didn't have the data when we did the search, and the other one we had it but it was off on the side actually. Um, so, but Bear, let's kind of first talk. Um, what I didn't think there was a lot of surprise. There were two surprises I thought on here. Yeah. Basically, I had two surprises, but for the most part, we see the slots getting filled here. Yeah, we let's, certainly do. Let's start with El Popo. They got a ten. Uh, 
yeah, this is a cigar that I had in my top 25. I had it. We, uh, I had it as well. I had it as well. I didn't have it in top 10 though. I had it in the top 20 in my list. Yeah. And um, so I've got it in, I've got it as slotted in the top 25. So, uh, so I, I, I get a point, I suppose, but yeah, this was, this was interesting finishing this high. I really thought, you know, that spot was going to be, we were going to see it. We we're going to see Tatawahe where we were going to see, uh, I, I even thought about putting black in there, the, the number seven scar of the year. Um, there are a couple of choices for me, but uh, Pulpo, uh, um, this has been a this has been Brown Viva La Vida has been uh, this is the second time it's been an appearance on the list, um, okay. and um, the, like we talked about before, my my own proclivity towards the cigars notwithstanding, uh, they just don't hit my palate very well, but um, but they're extremely popular, extremely popular. They and, they are. Uh, uh, they, there's a long relationship with aficionado uh, because that was those guys who have the brand own the lounge. So there's a relationship. That's not saying the cigar isn't good or, or anything. It's just there's a relationship that Scarfaggiano is all over this brand, knowing that they know uh, Billy and Gus for Billy and Gus, great guys by the way, known for years. Yep. So there it is. But that yeah, I was surprised that it was this high. I was too. Um, in fact, of the of the six cigars that were announced, I only had one right, which is the EP Carrillo, and I was one spot off on it. I had it at six. They had it at five. Um, Bear had um, also one right, um, but he had two brands right. So he had EP Carrillo Allegiance at nine, mm -hmm. and... He there was a Habanos in there, but it wasn't the part of his Siri P, which that score actually got missed from our data sheet completely. Uh, it just yeah. was, you know, and, and look, Surgeon, believe me, Surgeon did a good job on it, but I think it wasn't that. In fact, I don't know how it was rated 96. Surgeon doesn't miss stuff like that. It was just, I don't think it came up when he did the queries, is what happened. So, but no, no, no biggie. Uh, but you had the brand, you had the brand at, at, in fact, you had a Habanos at six, and there was a Habanos at six. Yeah. So you did yep. a very good job. Good job on that. Um, there. So now we're kind of a, look. A lot of us had EP Carrillo in that lower part of the top ten. I think I. I think I actually had them the highest at six. I think I was the one who had them the highest at six, and they ended up getting five. You were. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up getting five. Yeah. 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 Congratulations to Ernesto Ernesto yeah, It was. It was twenty two on the coupe list. It was twenty two on the coupe list. So it made the coupe list. It's a good cigar. I had the uh, sidekick slides. I had the Toro. Like, sidekick's the Robusto. They had the Toro, the Confident. So in fairness, I haven't reviewed the Confident. Maybe it has a different score. I'm kind of going to give that one a, uh, a whirl, see how it scores uh, on that. Um, But now it comes the question of the top four spots, Bear. And there's a bunch of companies that have a, you know, we talked about Aaron did the whole presentation. Uh, we've done um, locks, lock companies, and there are companies that are competing for four slots right now. And I'll just kind of read off the ones that are in play of the of the tried and trues. Um, it is Padron. It is Rocky Patel. It is my father. It is Oliva. And we'll throw in La Florida Medicana and Tatawahe. So... Four slots going, and the potential exists for another Habanos still. Although you didn't predict another Habanos. You had a Habanos at yeah. six, and that was it. 
I had a Habanos in the top three. Um, it has happened where there's only been one uh, Habanos in the uh, in the top ten before. It has happened that Habanos has missed the top five, and it's also happened that there were two Habanos in the top five. So it, it's it, anything's possible. Do you but, think there's got? Do you think there's there's Padron, there's Fuente, Oliva, and my father? And, so that's that's the remaining four spots. Rocky Patel and Altidus. And yeah, Rocky Patel and Altidus. And if you want so, to say, I don't think Lafleur, Dominicana, and Tatuai, with all due respect to Lido and uh, Pete, I don't think are going to get those four slots. It's competitive. I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see one of those 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 four companies, and even Altidus and Rocky, get bumped. Um, so, someone's going to get gonna, bumped. Yeah, there's going to be there's there's always the number two or number three cigar is always. A wild card, so to speak. I don't think there a pulpo certainly qualifies as that and as a number ten, but I don't. I think there's another one. I think there's room for another one, and what what we might see tomorrow in four, three, and two. Yeah, we're gonna see. I predicted the Claro, right? The uh, the Olmec Claro to 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 pop in there. You uh, had... in the top in the top. So, so Bear, your top five. I want to kind of um, read your top five here. Uh, you have five, the work of art by Fuente. Four, the Oliva Milanio. Oh, okay, I'm going to read your top five. Four, the Oliva Serie V Milanio Toro. Three, you have that Olmec Claro Double Corona. Two, is you have the 64 anniversary, uh, anniversary Diplomatico Maduro. And one, the one I'm rooting for, uh, is the My Father Labels U100 Años, which I'm hoping you get that yep. one right. Um, so you Me have too. a shot. You have a shot here. Is what I'm saying. You have a shot mm-hmm. to get this. Uh, all my so all my cigars are still on the table, man, for the top four. Now, yeah, Altidus and Rocky. But so let's kind of let's kind of go before we get there. So I think it's safe to say that Padron and Fuente are going to take two of the spots. Yeah. So there's two I'd spots. I'd be shocked. I would be shocked. I don't know. I don't think Padron gets one. I think Fuente could have a shot at one. That was my prediction for one. But there's two. So there's only two slots available. This is who's available for the two slots. Um, you have, um, and I'm going by the, the companies. I'm, again, I'm, I'm sorry. If LaFleur and Tatuai get this, they're going to yell at me, right? But um, we have my father, Oliva, Altidus, and Rocky Patel. Two of them are getting bumped. Or another Habanos. Two of them are getting bumped. Yeah. So here's my first question. Does Crazy. Oliva get bumped? Because Allegiance came out of Tobacco Era Oliva. Yes. Yeah, but that was a high score. Remember that thing got like a ninety. That like I was talking to John about this, and he says that's one of the biggest. Um, that would be one of the biggest upsets. That thing got very highly scored. I think it got ninety five. But he's like Oliva gets bumped. Where are alternates? I think they're bumped as well. Okay, I think Rocky's out too. See, I talked to Stace Berkland today. Okay, now Stace, he, th- this concept came from Stace. I always said Stace kind of came up with the concept with me years ago. Stace thinks Rocky Patel may have it this year. He's sticking by Rocky. What's that, what's what's the cigar he's picking? Uh, probably the, the ALR. I, I, he said Rocky Patel. I think it's the ALR he was predicting. I know you didn't have the the one, but he's Ben picked Ben Ben picked the ALR as well. By the way, 
Yeah. Then, then pick DLR. It's possible. It's possible, Bear. If they don't get, yeah. yeah. So who are the, who are the four that make it there based on your your prognostication? Assuming Padron and Fuente uh-huh. are two, who are the other two that get in there? You think it's going to be still Foundation and a uh, my father? My fa- yeah, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll stick by my predictions. Okay, it's I mean it's I think have a shot. That my father is a hell of a cigar. That's the thing. That my father is a hell. I mean, if you look at the cigars that are on the table. I still think that's one of the best cigars that came out this year. Okay, actually, it was a little more than a year ago, but eligible or or you mm-hmm. know qualifying for that. So yeah, I, it's interesting, Bear. Um, I'm I'm not gonna doubt Stace on this one though. I'm gonna I'm gonna still say Rocky gets one of these slots, and I'm gonna say Altidus gets the fourth slot. Um, which means uh, Oliva and my father are bumped, <laughs> and I hope I'm wrong on mm-hmm. my father. That's scary. Now I think what That's happens fucking, is it's Altidus, a fucking amazing cigar, man. Oh, so I think they, I don't think they bumped that Monty though. I don't think they're gonna bump the Monty. But then here's the other question: What do they do with Aging Room Sonata? They love that cigar too. I think there's a chance that we see both Sonata and Monte Cristo Diamante in the right. in the top twenty five, and we just see what like Sonata, you know, in the high teens or something like that. It, that's gonna make it. It's a good Sonata. We I think most of our team really likes the Sonata. I think most yeah. of the coalition teams are very on um, both the Monte Cristo. I haven't reviewed the Monte Cristo yet, by the way, because it was kind of like a 2024 cigar in my book. So, but the Sonata did come out before the trade show. Um, it did very well on the coupe list. It won't be in top four, I can tell you that. But, um, but then I go, well, they're gonna give Rocky. They're gonna give Raphael another aging room. I'm not gonna doubt Raphael anymore. Every time I d- doubt Raphael, he proves me wrong. Right, so. So that's one. Um, that's why I don't think Raphael's getting bumped out of this top ten. I mean, Altus had look at the year Altus had this past year. They had the most mm-hmm. cigars of anyone, any company outside Habanos. So it would be very interesting if if the two biggest companies with cigars in, in on the list were Altus and Habanos. If they both get bumped out of the top five, that's a that's incredible. That's a that's an up. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Hmm. I just I don't have the confidence that the ALR is going to be the one to put Rocky over the top, but Stace has proven me. I know you you were not on the ALR. You you went with and it's a very good cigar by the way, even though it's not my profile. You went with the Grand Reserve, which a lot of people love the Grand Reserve, and it's a, but it's a sixty too. And I don't know if they're going to give it the sixty, but it was the sixty Grand Reserve that got it. Interesting. So if you're watching this on replay. You'll be able to tell who how wrong we are. Here's here's an interesting scenario, Bear. Let me kind of play this one out. All right. Let's say tomorrow that Padron and Fuente are announced in the two to four range, right? Okay. Um, and let's just say, let me just kind of I'll, I'll do a hypothetical here. Let's say that my father is two. What is the scenario for number one? Right? Because you have Oliva, Rocky Patel, and then a Foundation cigar. Like you have in there, right? Well, Foundation's not going to get the number one cigar there. So I don't think Foundation's just... get number one either. I could see if three was about where I would say the highest they can go. But if Fuente and Padron are off the table tomorrow, it, this is going to be a big question. If one of them is missing, then we know the other one's number one. 
I think it's going to yeah. be that that easy. That that's how black and white. We'll know if if they announce Padron and we know Fuente's number one. If 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 Fuente's not in that two to four range, right? And I, I guess this is it. I, they gave Oliva Serie V Milanio already a number one. In the, it was a Churchill, right? I think it was a Churchill size mm-hmm. they gave it. They've never done two Vitolas with the same line, unless you count the 40th anniversary with Padron, uh, 1926. Because they did 19, because 40th is technically a 1926 line. That's a, right. the only time they ever did it twice. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's exciting. I love yeah. it. I love this time of year. It's fantastic. It, it, you know, it's uh, it there's a lot of like. A lot of people, it, it, this is kind of like, people say, well, you don't, the list is blah, 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 right? How fun is it to kind of figure this out? I mean, it's, 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 if you're, if you're kind of a geek into this, this is kind of fun. Even Loomis is getting back into it, by the way. He, he's getting a little more back into this, right? So he was, I mean, he can't, said, can't he, keep him away. He couldn't stay. No, but he did. He could, there's been discussions and a couple of message threads as well with this. So, uh, Surgeons all over this one. Uh, so we'll see tomorrow morning. Uh, if you if you watch, if you already, it may have already been revealed, but you may you may not hear this till after number one's revealed. We'll see what happens. But I think it's a fun time of the year, Barry. I agree with you. Um, one last question. Um, two actually two more questions on this. Blackened, surprise or no surprise? I mean, I had it for a while. It was on the fringe for me in the top ten. Um, I had it on I, the fringe I, too. I, I pushed it out. I pushed it out, and then. But yeah, man, I knew the cigar was going to score. Yeah, and I knew it was going to be the Corona. Yeah, uh, we did. Uh, I thought it might get bumped. Just who was in, who was in. I thought Espinosa might bump it this year because they've been knocking on the door too. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, Espinosa is not getting a top ten. I'd be shocked if they if they get top ten, it'll be a big shock, and and uh, it will be there'll be a party down in Hialeah Gardens if they are in the top four. I don't want to say they're out of it, but it's looking less likely. Uh, and then the other one bear I have for you is how like Bradley Prinsado torpedo. That one, if we had, we asked the question, would Alec Bradley be bumped? No, no. Yep. And that's, pro- and that's yeah, probably SC- that now the question is, is SC, did you get another cigar? I don't think they get another cigar on the list though. I think Alec Bradley will check the box for both of them. So I'm um, yeah, I, I, the love for Alec Bradley on this, in this, in this top 25 is still there, is what I'm saying. By the way, Justin Andrews was out to dinner with Bradley Rubin on uh, last night in New York. And I couldn't believe that that Justin made Bradley pick up the bill. <laughs> like, dude, he just brought you, they just brought, the, the, the Rubens just brought you a top 10. You could at least buy the guy dinner. <laughs> Because I don't think Bradley got the seventy-two million dollars. Otherwise, he wouldn't be working with Justin. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was kidding with you. I was kidding with those guys. But yeah, no, it was good. Uh, but no, that's uh, that was interesting. So Alec Bradley is still on the list there. All right, we make it done before midnight, actually. So we'll see. All right, last question I have. Um, we're getting into Christmas season, right now. I yes. don't know about you. I'm very, okay? I'm very passionate about this question, Coop. Thank you. Go okay, ahead. so I, I, I have to really, I, I still don't know if I have a good answer to this question. Okay, so I don't know how it is with you, but this time of the year, I hear from people um, who I really don't know well, 
and it's usually mm-hmm. friends of friends, right? Like someone yes. or or a friend or a friend of friends saying, "I need to get something for a cigar enthusiast." I get the one I get the most is from my mom's friends. Like they contact me and they want to get something for that. That's husband. ironic. What? Why? Oh, oh yeah, I know why because my mom's the biggest anti. But but uh, she's gotten better. She's gotten better. But they, you know they know I'm a cigar guy, and I I, I know last year, a couple of years ago I recommended this. Uh, her husband was a quorum smoker, and uh, I actually recommended uh, they go into uh, J C Newman and try the Brick House uh, and the Diamond Crowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now this guy smokes Brick House and Diamond Crowns, <laughs> and they're not quorums anymore. Um, so I I upgraded, but but you're well, welcome, Drew. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a lot of times you have the the, the connoisseur, the, the cigar connoisseur. And I think it becomes more challenging when you have someone like you. If someone said, what do I buy Bear for Christmas cigar-wise? Or even Aaron Nielsen or Ben, right? Like, how, these are, like, Ben's we, super easy. Well, Ben is super easy. Okay, Ben is super easy, right? But you want to try to be creative, right? Ben is super easy. You get him open sex, right? <laughs> you get him open sex. End of story. Done. End of story. Yeah, yeah. But okay, Nielsen. Uh, how do you buy uh, Hector? Okay. How do you buy for someone who is so into this? What do you buy them for Christmas to mm-hmm. to to really get give them something like wow? It doesn't necessarily have to be a star. It could be an accessory as well. Um, mm-hmm. how do you do it? And, and here's the thing. We know, we, we, we're going to assume we know this person relatively well. We got enough information on it, right? What do we do, Bear? What do you do in this case? Okay. So first of all, I'm glad you answered the question with your friend of a friend, quorum, the quorum smoker. Right. So a bulk of the majority of the industry, uh, when I say the industry, con- the consumer wise in this industry, smoke the same cigars and they typically don't smoke expensive so you're going right. to get a lot of right quorum smokers you're going to get a lot of perdomo fresco smokers right. you're going to get a lot of you know um you're going to get a lot of curly heads you know these 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 types of smokers are the ones that you want to splurge on yep and you don't get them a lighter you don't get them a cutter you don't get them an ashtray you get them better cigars you get them better so you uh, and when i say better i, I agree yeah and there's nothing better because there's not because they're not going to do it themselves. They're not going to go into a humidor and ask for a recommendation. Right. They're going to go and get their quorums and get their frescoes. And again, there's nothing wrong with any of those cigars. Right. And again, that's a bulk of the that's a bulk of the smokers out there is they smoke the same thing. Right. So you want to get them cigars. Right. And you want to get them. You want to go up, upscale. Always yeah. go upscale. Uh huh. Um, because it's a treat. It's Christmas. It's a gift. Yeah. You know, yeah. you want to do something nice. So that's that's my recommendation for anyone who's looking for like, hey, what do I, what should I get my smart cigar smoking? I had this conversation earlier this evening. Code, someone okay. called me, was like, Bear, uh, my boyfriend likes to smoke cigars. What do I get him? I said, perfect. You know what cigars he smokes? And he she she told me, and I was like, perfect, fantastic. You go upgrade. Get these, it. Get, yeah, yeah. And I and I went up. So, and uh, those are the cigars I recommended. So that um, that in itself is is the easiest thing to do. Now, okay. So to your question, sorry, I wasn't avoiding the subject, but I no, no, it's a good question because this. again, and then I, like I said, with the with the case of the quorum, I stayed within the company, 
saying, okay, right. he likes what this company does. Here's something out of this factory. Here's something out of a different factory. It's an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. So, that being said, what does someone get me for Christmas that is cigar related? Yeah. I don't need cutters. I don't need lighters. I don't. Unless someone wants to splurge for a DuPont, then yes. Sure. Yes. Will I take a DuPont? Absolutely. I don't need an ashtray. So there's a couple of ways you can, there's two ways that you can go about this. Okay. For me, I will always take a humidor. Right. Because I could always use a humidor because I have so many cigars and they're not all stored in nice humidors. So humidor is always a nice gift. If you know it's too expensive, guess what? I would also like. I I personally would like cigars. And I'll tell you why, Coop. Do I have enough cigars? I absolutely do. I, I want more. I want more. I want, yeah. I want also more, but also at the same time, it's the gesture. Okay? It's really the gesture because getting someone cigars is so much more thought-provoking than getting me a lighter or getting me yeah. another cutter or even getting me an ashtray. All right. those things can be nice. But if you're going to get me a gift, get me cigars. And for me, the eclectic lover in life, because I love all things different. Right. I have a very eclectic taste in music, food, spirits, wine, coffee. Love it all. Can you think of anything more personal and more intimate than saying someone going into a local humidor? First of all, thank you for supporting brick and mortars. But if someone goes to Michael's or to Blue Smoke over in Dallas or to Lake Worth Cigars here or down to Wild, places that I frequent, say, hey, my friend is Bear. First of all, they all know me. Yeah. Someone goes and asks Jay. I'm friends with Bear. I'd like to buy him some cigars for Christmas. Help me out. First of all, the great tobacconists that I just mentioned know exactly what I like. And so they'll probably give me some of my usual. But knowing creative people like Jay and the Peacocks and Senior and Junior and Chris Noteboom, they're going to get me something different. And they're going to recommend different things for me to try. Maybe I haven't tried it. Maybe I have. But they know me. And they know my tastes. How incredibly special is it that someone would go out of their way to go to their local brick and mortar and ask for recommendations for me? That's incredibly personal. And in- what a wonderful gesture. What a wonderful yep. gesture. Yep. And that, to me, is very special. So... Don't get me a cutter. Don't get me a lighter. Don't get me an ashtray. If you want to pay for it, get me a humidor because I can always use more storage. Um, But if you don't want to spend that much, go to your local brick and mortar. Drop my name. Ask for cigars for me. Yeah. That to me is very nice. No, it is. It is. That's a great, great way to do it. Um, You know, I've seen people do gift cards and you know, gift cards are always the easy way out, right? So I don't want to use the easy way out. Um, so this is what I, this is how I would do it. Um, the first thing I would look at is what type of a smoker are they? Right. 
So if there's a guy I know that's very boutique-ish, you know, I may stick in that realm. Um, but I usually, if a guy has a lot of cigars, I won't focus on getting them a box, right? I'll focus on getting them one or maybe a few, a couple of, a, a small set of cigars that they normally wouldn't go out and buy. So, for example, Ben last year gave me the taste, the Toast Across America, Sam, you know, the double. The, yeah, the two, yeah, yeah. Which was, like, how great, it, like, that was the idea. Um, but, you know, for example, if I know someone is a Davidoff smoker, um, unless I know they hate the cigar, right, uh, I probably would say, you know, what? I'll get them a Royal Robusto. Uh, that, that's not something they may go buy. They could go enjoy, enjoy you know, I deal or with the chef's of, edition or something that's like right. a real tradition or something like that. Yeah, right. for right. sure. If I was, like a great example, is, um, two stores that I, uh, I'm sure I'll say Jay's in there, too, because he's got hidden gems as well. You know, there's certain stores that have hidden gems like Blue Smoke in Dallas. Um, also Corona's got, and smoking at vintage areas where you can get stuff. So I would, I would go and kind of go that route, you know, and then maybe if someone's a boutique smoker, for example, uh, and I really want to treat them, I'd buy them, for example, if I know they like black label, I'll buy them one of those black label samplers, right? Which are, you know, they did the, 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 what is it, the hive last year. And then they did the 10th mm -hmm. anniversary one this year. Maybe I'd go something like that, but I would tend to kind of, most cases, not buy that many cigars. I'd kind of say, "All right, what's what's one cigar?" If someone's a soccer fanboy, maybe I'd go if I if I want to spend that much money, get him a unicorn. Depends who the person is. I'm not gonna spend a hundred dollars on everyone. Um, but you know, there's there's stuff in the the twenty five to thirty dollar range. You know, like a Paladin de Saka, Maybe they won't buy that normally. Uh, if I know someone hasn't tried the Mirafell, maybe I'd go get them the Mirafell. Uh, if I know they have like the, you know, nice cigars I love, right? That uh, you know, I know, but I know I couldn't find the fine and rares from last year. Uh, yeah, that would be tough to find, you know. But maybe I get them this year's fine and rare. If, but I'd have to. The one key thing, bear, is I have to have smoked that cigar, or I know it's something that's a, a an absolute lock, right? You know. So, like, would I get you a Grand Habano twentieth, even though it wasn't my favorite cigar? I would because I know you like that cigar, right? So, you know, I would get that, right? Even though, but so I have to know either I like it or I have to know it's an absolute lock for, for the person I'm getting it for. Um, I normally won't go for like gift sets. I mean, the gift sets are not what you get for the connoisseur, you know, where it gets, mm -hmm. you know, you get a nice right. four pack. Um, I did see an interesting one today. Uh, Fratello announces this harmony set, which has a set of cigars with chocolate. But again, I'd only get that if someone's a Fratello, like really into Fratello. Like, then I would maybe get that, but probably not, you know. So I, I think it's, a, I think it's like I said, it's a little more challenging than when we get the call from the friend of a friend to recommend a cigar. I think it becomes more challenging, like, like, like who do you get for the person that has a ton of cigars? Um, interesting, I wouldn't want the humidor. I'm trying to get away from desktop humidors. I have too many of them as it is. But if someone, you know, if there was a really unique humidor and it wasn't too much money and it had branding that I know someone likes, maybe I would go for that. But um, I've done for like cigar grab bags. I have put like, I'll go buy it. Like occasionally I'll put a good Zycar cutter in there or something like that. But uh, for cigar grab, I've done that. But that's a grab bag type of thing. And um, but yeah, 
it's an it's an interesting question. So, um, like my family won't buy me cigars because they're worried they'll get me the wrong thing. They'll give me the gift card before that because they just they That's you know sad. they said you could pick out something better than we can pick it out. Um, well they they could call you. I mean, and then you you tell them uh. You know, you could. I mean, they could do that, I guess, too. But they, yeah, they don't. Um, but we don't. We're not big, like my wife and I. We don't. We don't do a lot of big gift giving at Christmas anyway. So it's more about the kids we do that with. So, so we're not. It's not a big thing to get each other gifts there. So, but I thought it was an interesting question because, like I said, I get those questions yeah. every year. And every year, like have you converted before. anyone to? Like I said, like I said, I converted my mom's friend's husband uh, into brick house and diamond crown, which was very interesting. <laughs> How like yeah. he, he thought quorums were great, and then he had these, and he still smokes quorums. Don't remember, but now he's buying these as part of uh, you know, his regular smoking. Yeah, no, I absolutely have. I mean, I worked retail for years, so yeah. I mean, that was my favorite thing was to find new cigars for people to try, and then to come in and get their usual, and then grab yeah. one or two of the one I recommended. Yeah. It's always it's a great high. Yeah, it's, it's a great nice high. high. I mean, in retail, I, I think there's a great feeling. I know you worked many years in retail, so so with that. All right. That's all I got on this. I don't know if you have anything else. We just hit the no, that's it. We got this under three hours tonight. Um, How about that? Yeah. So I have a few things before we close out uh, the show. Um, We have uh, another show Thursday. Uh, Aaron Loomis and I will have Lee Marsh of Stolen Throne as our special guest. So looking forward to that. That will wrap up. Great interview. I'm looking forward to that. I haven't really gotten a chance to talk to Lee, but that's going to wrap up the primetime shows for 2024 um we will be back on january 2nd and um that's so we will have on the show and we may have the whole coalition team but we're gonna have our newest coalition member who actually kind of was on already made the debut on L, not debut but he was on lso for Marte a couple nights ago uh trip waldrop who is uh now gonna be uh bringing let's get pairing into the the coop coalition family uh, so we're going to welcome Trip in uh, on the show uh, on Tuesday, uh, the, January 2nd. So I'm looking forward to that one uh, as well. I think that's going to be uh, really, really good. Uh, we've booked a few other shows into uh, uh, January as well. Uh, I will mention one guest we have on Thursday um, later in the month. I, I don't have the date in front of me, but Jack Hire is actually going to be coming on. Oh, fantastic! Right, Where'd right, Jack Hire. Yeah, I, uh, Jack Hire was like thrilled when I asked him to come on. So, uh, doing great things. So, uh, and it's been a big, big uh, watching that guy grow in the industry has been, I think, a great story. Um, yeah, so he'll be doing story. the Thursday show with Aaron and I. Yeah, so so a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, countdown continues, Bear. I think your your list comes out the seventh on your show, and then my number one and number two come out on the eighth. So we'll be right around. What and and. Uh, on the sevens, I don't unveil a cigar, so it's like perfect. You could get Bears top ten, and then the next morning you can find out the two Coop cigars. So, so it'll be good. Yeah, and I'm 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 pleased to announce that uh, the George Brightman will be back for our ten our top ten cigar reveal. So I'm yeah. excited for that. Yeah, oh, I think uh, that was one of the most, I think I mentioned it last week. One of the most innovative shows ever. Uh, for top ten list, so uh, it is. Uh, the guy gives honest opinion, and I, you know, I, I, I was great seeing George at the trade show this year, by the way, and hanging with him. Uh, I hadn't seen, like, I had met George once before, but we really didn't know each other back then. So it was great just hanging with him. We were hanging out at the uh, opening day, uh, so I was really glad to see him as well. And I, that was one of the best shows ever for a top ten list. So, 
but um, we're good. Uh, we will be rescheduling Nicholas Perdomo. Uh, so Bear and I will get him some dates. I think it's probably going to be later February when we have it, but I know because he's got some tours coming up and stuff. But we'll we'll get on Nicholas's schedule as well. I'm sure it will be before PCA. Uh, but but I'll, I'm going to let Nicholas recover and enjoy Christmas before I hit him up with dates. So um, there you go. Yeah, I know. I, I want him to get well. And again, thanks to Nick Nick Perdomo for pinch hitting. Oh my gosh! How many shows could say they had Nick Perdomo and, and Carlito Fuente pinch hit? That's a pretty no uh, zero. Oh, zero zero I, just for a we're two and zero oh, man. We're two we're three and zero oh, because Carlito did it twice. All we have to do is invite someone else from Padron on, and then have George step in, and then we'll be fine. We'll be there fine. We'll there you the, go. We'll hit the top. There you go. There you go. But uh, Bear, uh, thanks again. Uh, I know this was like, I know you've had a very busy time. Uh, I know we had to change the whole sk- show um, only hours beforehand. I was really worried because, I, you know, I'm, I'm always about preparation and stuff. I hope we, I hope our audience liked what we did. Uh, I hope Nick was happy with it as well. Uh, he's always a great guest, and uh, I'm happy. So I think it was a good – we learned a lot tonight. So it was a great show. Always, always fantastic. So, yep. Just uh, real quick before we close out the show, I would just like to take the opportunity to thank our audience. Absolutely, we need to do that. Yeah, thank, thank our our fellow members of the coalition, and it's um, they work hard. These guys, these guys work hard. We do. We have a lot of work hard. Yeah, you all work very hard. Yeah, and you know, Coop, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be a coalition. We wouldn't be the Cigar Coop Coalition without Cigar Coop. And so it's with uh, it's with the warmest of hearts and the kindest of gestures that I extend uh, for me and my family to you and yours. A very Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Same same here. It, it's a it's an honor to work alongside you guys. Um, and uh, like I said, there's a lot of effort put in um, and everyone's really busy. Everyone's really busy. And somehow we've kept this thing going. Uh, we're going into seven years. So, um, like I said, uh, and everyone just kind of always comes in when we need them to come in. Um, and we're grateful for that. So it's not not unnoticed. So Merry Christmas to you guys. I know you've had a very rough year. Um, and uh, you have always been available. So, um we and like I said this thing is built you know it's I think like I said I think we have the strongest team in the industry now or uh, you know I think us in the Olive House for sure definitely have the two strongest teams so uh, yeah. I'm re- I'm really proud to be working alongside you guys so yeah what a great partnership that we have with those guys you know Aaron's Aaron's formed uh, you know for years I said he had the best team in the industry I think we finally came up with a collab we finally come up with a team that rivals his. Um, Absolutely, I think I think it's it's one and one a. I don't think it's uh, that team is unbelievable. And look, Aaron, he jumped in on the on the show. Uh, he said, "I have something to add to the show last week," and he did. So, I mean, that's that's the that's what we have uh, here, and it's uh, mm-hmm. you know it's a you know, and this team works hard. And when I see when I see our team, like when people try to question things and say we take shortcuts, uh, I get very very uh, defensive for our team on that. Um, and I, I'd encourage anyone yeah. who thinks like you know. Happy to have a conversation with them. You think we take shortcuts? So, I certainly don't. No, so I know. if I did take shortcuts, I wouldn't be this tired. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but seriously, Coop, sincerely to uh, to our audience as well. To our audience, your um, audience, you guys, we can't do this without you guys. We can't. 
Yes, you yeah. you make you make it fun. You make it engaging. What a wonderful time to have the Perdomo yeah. Army just in time for Christmas. It was just a great show. I love talking with Nick. I learned something new every time with him. He's such he is he's such a he, he's one of those he's one of those figures in the premium cigar history that um is just a, a very unique character um and, and with an incredible beautiful familial story that really tugs at the heartstrings when you get to it. And I mean yeah. when I say like you know, being a grandfather looks fantastic on him. Right. Um, it's really brought about this youthful exuberance out of him. He 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 seems to have ten times the energy that he had before, which is saying something considering um it, it, you know, it, it, just it, considering it, it, just considering yeah. all the time and effort that he's put in into building thirty yeah. years. So how he many started people? in his garage. Started in his garage. Now look at him. Yeah. And uh He's calling me up personally, like his son can't make it. And he's like immediately wanting to help us out. Um, because like I said, it happens. By the way, a guest gets sick, a guest gets sick. We're human beings. It um it's you know, like I said, point they done it with us. There are other companies they haven't done it with us. Uh and there are some that really have, like, like I say this, you know, another one I want to just say really went through a um I want to just give credit to Mo Malley. Uh he had a death in the family and he yeah, he uh he was great too. Uh, immediately like working with us on that too. So there's a lot of others I'm sure I'm leaving out too. So it, but you know people, I understand people have personal lives and stuff. So uh, and they yeah. they help us go and and that's really great. Yeah, we have a lot of people step up. Yeah, um, and, uh, so it's, it's that's why we do what we stuff. do. That's why we do what we do. Absolutely. Right. So your next so show Kirk, is so Kirk, next... I wish you a. My next show is going to be the top 10. That's um, time because I'm it's like a Christmas week. For the yeah. holiday with Christmas yeah. Eve and New Year's Eve. Yep. Uh, I might do a show on New Year's Eve. I might talk to you about that. But for I'm Christmas available. Eve, we'll definitely I'm available, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll do we'll uh, we'll stay tuned for that. That might happen. But if not, yeah. I definitely won't be having a show this Christmas. So to our audience as well, I, I wish my I wish our audience uh, from again, from me and my family to yeah. all of you in yep. your years. I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Um, and uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy Hanukkah. If you don't celebrate Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. If you don't celebrate anything, enjoy the time with family. Enjoy the fire family. And yeah. and uh, cherish every waking moment with them. Um, yep. Because uh, for me, this Christmas is going to be very special. Um, and I love the gifts uh, that I got my boys. And I know that it's going to be very special for them. And for me, that makes it very special. So uh, hug those close to you. Yep. And uh, and uh, and keep them, keep them close to your heart. Absolutely. And I hope everyone has a merry Christmas. All right. Take care, everybody. Uh, that's gonna wrap up primetime special edition one fifty two into the annals of history for Tuesday, December nineteenth. Now Wednesday, December twentieth on the East Coast. We'll see everybody uh next time. Take care, everybody. Ho ho ho! Merry.